Y'all ready for the weekend? We're almost there. And you got to go through me to get there. That's not a bad thing. We got some good stuff to do today. I'm just going to tell you, Michael Bolden scheduled from the 10th Amendment Center. Uh, do we have a, a name for it? Boulder with Bolden? <laughs> I still think Bolden's boulders would work, but I don't I don't think that's... He, he doesn't seem to like that. I never got a name. I never got a name for his segment yet, so we're just going to just... He's going to be on today, he might not and we're just going to talk... And we'll do something official on the next one because he dropped the ball. Okay. And we'll warm so. up on something there. Also, uh, in the first hour, uh, another nurse hero, Jennifer Bridges, is joining us. We covered, it was a couple of years ago. We covered now. this story when it came yeah. out, yeah. She was, like, fighting in Texas against uh, vaccine mandates. Jab Houston, mandates Houston Methodist, I think it was, yeah. it was the hospital. Yeah. So she's doing some great work, and we've got updates from her, guardiansofmedicalchoice.com. Good news out of California, the crazy state. That it is. Uh, if there's any good news, we want to feature it because we do have a lot of fans, listeners, supporters there in California. So that's coming up as well. Anything else you you want, you got, you bring it to the chat room. robertscatbell.com slash listen. Thanks for sharing the show in advance. And uh, we'll see you in just a moment as we crank up this uh, message of health, freedom, and healing liberty right about now. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty, The Robert Scott Bell Show. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. <laughs> I I felt it this morning, Super Don. I had my uh, cardio miracle this morning, and then uh, after shoveling the snow, went right to the workout. Man, I've been hurting this week because I've been traveling so much, and you know that last, that other trip, I was like, I haven't been fully back in terms of feeling it, you know, back in the in the workout regime. And I was there today. I'm like feeling like Keanu Reeves. If you say that name right. And uh, one of the, you feel like Keanu Reeves. Well, it just, that line that I just said, as I opened the show today. Yeah. I'm which, thinking, which Keanu Reeves are you talking about? Like, um, I think it was, uh, uh John wick, Keanu John Reeves wick, John wick too. When, you know, that he thought he'd yeah. retire. It's the first I thought one. maybe you were going to be like Bill and Ted Canneries, right? Yeah, no, I wasn't feeling that. Whoa. Today. No, back at, no, listen, back at the, at the kickboxing thing. I'm like, dude, I, I felt it today. I'm like, oh yeah, this is what I, cause this, you know, Monday I, I did the challenge of the week. I'm like third place or something, which is fine. Not a problem. Like I said, I don't have to win every time, but it kicked my abs. butt. if, if my abs had, butt. if your abs <laughs> had a, butt, it yes. got kicked. Okay. Gotcha. To the point, I don't know if you're <laughs> ever so sore, Super Don, where just walking the movement is of enough. Of course to, I have. Yeah, oh, back oh, in the day oh, when oh. I used to actually work out and stuff. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. I'm hitting the jump rope. I'm like, oh, wow, wow. And then yeah. the legs, it's the abs. Uh, but, was, you know, today, like I said, I, I feel like uh, I'm, I'm back on it again and uh, feeling really good. So uh, you appreciate that. Every once in a while you wonder, like, why did I have to, you know, fill in the blanks in terms of not feeling so great? But to appreciate the feeling good, this is the world of duality or the worlds of duality, light, dark, good, bad, all of that stuff. And sometimes you got to be reminded of what it's like not to feel great when you feel great pretty much all the time, considering my backstory of the first 24 years of my life, not feeling great. In fact, I was talking to one of the ladies at the gym this morning, a uh, nice lady, Hillary. She's been doing two a days all week. I'm like so impressed with her. She's amazing. And I said, you know, then she was commenting on, on uh, my ripped 
physique in <laughs> my mm. arms. Yeah, it's like, look at those arms. What are you like? Just eat organic. It's like, oh, no, I can't do that. I'm like, can't do that. It's too inconvenient. It's too expensive. One of those classic opportunities to say, look, have you priced cancer lately? If you think that's expensive. And she's like, yeah, yeah, no, I know. That makes sense. Uh, but remember, my motivation to do what I do, to live the way I live, folks, it's because I suffered for the first 24 years of my life in, in chronic ailments and illnesses and inflammation and, and fatigue and on and on it goes. So it's like, for me, it's, it's not an option. I'm like, I've been sick, very sick my young life. I don't particularly care to go back there. And since I know what is related to being well and what is related to being sick, it's not a mystery to me. This is why I do what I do. It's very pragmatic. I think practical. And yet, you know, I understand people go, well, no, I haven't felt sick like you. So I think I'll just keep going with the cheap and the easy and the convenient. Well, look, I'm here to try and help you put yourself back together again when you're ready, but I'd rather not have you wait, but that's your choice. So I, I'm no judgment, all the love I got for you. I just want to share that with you. And it's good humor and spirit. People are not take, hopefully not. They're cursing me when I leave. I'm glad Robert left. Now I don't have to talk about that stuff. But I can't, they're can't all, stand those orthorexics, man. You know how I like to bring humor into things on this show whenever I can? It's mm -hmm. the same way I am when I'm at the you know the gym or interacting with people. If I can find a way to be funny and fun about it, it, it lightens it up, even though it's a serious topic and subject. Uh, so, again, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to, to be well, considering what my journey has been in this lifetime. And I know that not every day is perfectly awesome that's the nature of life on planet earth but uh i i, I want it to be a, a good example for y'all that i'm not hypocritical because super don would not let me get away with it nor would my wife so my radio wife and my real wife there you go or is it husband oh that gets awkward what <laughs> by the way thanks for taking over the bonus round of the show yesterday you could have really mm. done anything and you were just like yeah well I could have. I wasn't prepared, though. But. Yeah. But yeah. You know, like I said, I got right in the middle of my uh, uh, whatever we were doing in the bonus round. Suddenly, I was like, my, my daughter needs to get picked up from yeah. school. I was like, so we, we, pl we played the trailer from Utah. Uh, yeah. Safe and effective. Safe and effective. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to that coming out. And, um, you know, Vera Sharav yes. has a documentary coming out. Uh, I, I think it's next Parallels week. With with uh, uh holocaust yeah yes yeah because yes. people are trying to dismiss her and anybody that mentions that now i i think it's right. so important her work having been a, a, as a survivor to have really street level credibility in terms of the historical significance of what happened then and how parallels exist today and and i don't think you can easily dismiss her like they would try to say well it's lazy to bring up nazi germany and i know that the argument there what it, because it's often thrown around very callously and casually and not with the you know the intent the meaning the purpose and the actual validation she brings it so hopefully we got her scheduled to come back on the show as well which would be great yeah i mean i'm gonna make that happen so anyway all right so how about we start off with some good news yeah i think that can we uh, do that yeah. on a friday uh, i think allowed? we're allowed yeah all i right. think we're allowed did you see yeah. this uh apparently you know ab20 i think it's 2098 Yes, that was the uh, um, suppression of freedom of speech of doctors. They couldn't even talk to their patients about yeah. things that violate a certain narrative on COVID. Children's health defense, they, you know, they're they're good at taking these things into the courts because unfortunately, and to get any kind of recourse on a lot of this crap that they've pulled on people over the last three years, that's where you got to go. 
they filed a lawsuit on that, and a uh, judge there in California has uh, issued an injunction, preliminary injunction, blocking it. So fortunately, AB 2098 is stalled at the moment until they until mm-hmm. they can prove that it's it's uh, it's it's not okay. It's illegal what they're trying to do. Yeah, well, you think about how absurd it is to to make a law in one of the several states that so overtly violates freedom of speech that you know are they shocked that that uh, they could uh, they could lose this? I mean, this is how insane uh, those progressive leftists. And I'm not speaking of every Democrat who says they're a progressive or a leftist that because there there are some that don't support this, and I acknowledge that. But by and large, whatever you thought you believed by being a Democrat in California, these people are, you know, tyranny incarnate specific to your what body and your choice when it comes to these injections. And how about your speech, your choice, the freedom to communicate what you perceive, believe, or otherwise. And in this specific case, it's about regulating licensed physicians primarily and limiting their freedom to, dissent, if you will, from the narrative coming from FDA, CDC, NIH, NIAID, how about World Economic Forum, maybe, or WHO, United Nations. Where is the line drawn in terms of we are requiring you to agree with everything that's being said from fill in the name of the the, the organization? And of course, why is there a, a restraining order, temporary restraining order, preliminary because it's so obvious that there is no consensus in reality. There's an artificial consensus of those that own and control much of the media. But those things are not, in actuality, supported by you know numerous scientific outlets, medical or otherwise. And so how would they be able to defend this moving forward? I think it's a fascinating uh, journey to see uh, California's government implode on their desire to to limit the freedom of speech of doctors. Now, I would say everybody should have that freedom to speak based on their very existence. But when you enter into a licensed relationship, Super Don, you know I've talked about this. A license is a per- permission slip to do that which would otherwise be regulated as being illegal, right? The practice of medicine, which is right. so broad and vague. So they have they've now found it to trap not. Uh, an exaltation, elevation, and freedom. Because, well, I'm a doctor. I have a license to do this. What what are you? What can you do? And now you find out, well, maybe it's not so great to have one of those things. And in fact, <laughs> doctors who have lost their licenses have found freedom again to yep. speak and do other things. So anyway, it is a good news scenario in the courts. And I think our friend- It's uh, positive. Rick, now, Rick has uh, been a part of that too. We don't know how the court case is going to go, but at least for now, they've uh, they, they aren't allowing them to- to do anything with it until the case is over. Um, I don't know. I don't know what direct, I honestly, I can't speculate how it's going to go. I mean, it seems to me they have a pretty strong case because, you know, who gets to come up with what the definition of misinformation is? Yeah. Who, who, who's the ones that, get, who, you know, because listen, they have a horrible track record over the last three years of being right. Don't they, oh, you know, with all the stuff that they said was, Oh, you can't say that you can't disagree with us because it's not, it's this and it's that. And it, what, it turned out that they were wrong, horribly wrong. Yeah. Even though they've tried to explain that away the best that they can, the public haven't been fooled on this. 
people see, you know, it's been obvious. And it's a weird thing because if you think about the last three years, I, I myself was pretty shocked how well, about, what? The, about, what? about how the news covered these things. Because, okay. you know, we, we're not big friends of the, of the mainstream media. No. But they couldn't help themselves because every time that one of these, whether it was Fauci or Walensky or Birch or, or whoever, or Burks, excuse me, uh, <laughs> whenever, yeah, the Birch Society, no, uh, every time they got something really wrong, mm-hmm. instead of covering it up, the media, it, it was like, hey, look, they're wrong again. And so they made our job really easy, right? But they couldn't help themselves because they love to get, you know, they love the headlines, right? Creating the headlines that people are going to be reading. Mm-hmm. But so, I mean, there's a huge track record. It, they couldn't hide it. They've been wrong time yeah. and time and time again. So those are the people that are supposed to decide whether what uh, physicians are saying is misinformation. It's amazing. So, that, no, that doesn't, that doesn't sound right. So I hope, yeah, I have um, high hopes on mm-hmm. this. It would be great to see AB 2098 just completely ruled on Obliterated. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they have any shame there, the, 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 at least the current Democratic leadership within California that would go, yeah, that was pretty stupid of us to do that. But it sounds like it's also something that Dickie Pan would be, would, you know, be behind. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, 100 yeah. percent. Absolutely. Guy's not a freedom guy. How do these people, uh, you know, become uh, representatives and senators and governors to be so anti-freedom? It's fascinating, actually. Yeah. Fascinating to watch. All right, Superdy. How are you feeling, by the way? You you good? You, you've been uh, good. so overwhelmingly busy as always. I just didn't know if you're you're coming yeah, up. Yeah. Well, you know, it's all right. I you know, I'm I'm um, I'm finding my uh, my feet. Yeah. <laughs> my balance. Warren, where, where's the newsletter? It's like you don't you haven't yeah. had a newsletter in a while. I haven't. I yeah. I had to take a break just because yeah. I had so much going on. So it's it it hasn't disappeared. Yeah. It's just uh, on hiatus at the moment. I've got some prospects here of, of getting some help um, mm-hmm. here in-house. And yeah. so, yeah, I'm just working out the details on that. But it'll it'll be back, and um, we're looking, you know, we've been talking about maybe exploring the idea of having a separate periodic show. No, probably not, not a daily show, yeah, but, but, you know, something where we can we'll call it. add to that stuff. Yeah. A new episode of Preacher and the Polish Girl uh, published last night. Yay. And that's out. Uh, a new episode of Stay at Home, Stay Mom. At Home Mom will yeah. probably come out probably this weekend. Wow. Um, and so great we've got- and, and I told you there's a, 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 a minister. How do I, I forget the names when you talk about this? I get so confused. I apologize. But who also has got a couple of podcasts I want to publish on our network regarding unnumbering your children. I think yeah. that's profound and powerful. People want to know. I've had a lot of questions about that. Uh, okay. so we'll be adding some good things coming up uh, on top of that. Uh, also, uh, this Saturday, which is tomorrow, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, you have time to become patron supporters of the Robert Scott Bell Show. I've got to do the invitation Super D right after the show, uh, and we'll be doing our AMA via Zoom where you can ask me anything, you can ask Super on anything, and it, it's become a, a real fascinating journey as I get to ask questions of you guys and gals too, and we learn from each other. And many times you guys are given wonderful gifts as much as I want to give you all the gifts for supporting us this way. And literally gifts. Yes. Prizes. Yes. Just for for being a part of it. If you can answer some silly trivia questions and things. So uh, I've got some great stuff tomorrow we'll be giving away as well. So thank you for your support. Those of you patron supporters and just in, 
those that just donate because you just appreciate what we're doing to help us, you know, get the technology up to speed, all the things that, w- that we have to do from time to time. Now, you know, moving into the main topic of, of the first hour of the show, again, we have Michael Bolden scheduled for the 10th Amendment Center in hour two. There's a website I want you to plug into, and we've got it linked in the show notes today, guardiansofmedicalchoice.com. How's that for a cool name? That like, is true. Oh, it's like Guardians of the Galaxy, right? right? Yeah. 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 She's awesome. She's a superhero <laughs> in her own right. Welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show, Jennifer Bridges. Jennifer, are you are you with us? You here? Yes. All right, Jennifer. Yes. We got it. How are we doing? Yeah, we say not all heroes wear capes. I don't know if you have a cape, but um, you've been doing some extraordinary things for quite some time now, including ah. uh, standing, you know, for medical freedom, health freedom uh, against jab mandates in in uh, Texas. We've covered that as well, and I don't know at the time that we covered that story that you had guardians of medicalchoice.com website yet? Um, To be honest, I'm not sure. We started it, and thank you for having me too. Oh, and just to let you know, I do have a cape. One of my friends bought me a Wonder Woman cape. And then on the side of my Jeep, I've got a great bumper sticker. It says, from hero to zero, let's go, Brandon. So. Uh, Awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. And you're, you know, you're one of the, what we call the nurse heroes. Um, and, And it's not, that you're a nurse makes you a hero because there are nurses that are still putting their heads down and doing the protocols that are harming and killing and, and still jabbing people. So it isn't about the profession. We don't just kind of blindly go, Oh, you're a nurse, you're a hero, but it's like what you do based on your belief. And then within your profession, you know, the, the ability to rise above a lot of the, um, well, the corruption for sure, but the, 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 the minimizing of, of, of people as humans, the ability to have fully informed consent and to say, no, without harm to them, without consequence. I mean, these things have been lost since Nuremberg Code. And, and you know, the nursing profession, there are many that our friends I love dearly are stepping up, like uh, Kimberly Overton, the Nurse Freedom Network, and many others we featured. So I'm glad that you're here as well. Well, thank you. Thank you. And we, to answer your question before, we started the Guardians of Medical Choice it was either June or July of 2021, right after we got fired, because um, everybody wanted to follow our lawsuit and see what was going on since we were the first ones in the whole country to get the mandate. So that's kind of what started it. And then it just exploded and grew from there. Well, look, it, th- these things, when they resonate, and, and for some reason it takes a lot of, um, let's say, discomfort, uncomfortable, pain even, tragedies to get us to move from a place of where even if we don't like it we're still like oh it's what we're used to and i don't want to rock the boat i just can i get by by keeping my head down and not doing anything and there's a certain point where each of us and this is an individual choice at any time where we go you know what i've had it enough is enough i cannot i cannot stomach this i cannot stand this i cannot abide by being silent anymore even if it means repercussions for me that i don't necessarily like and I'm sure you have faced some changes in your life since this all came about. Oh, my entire life changed and I don't think it'll ever be the same again. But that's exactly what happened when they when they started talking about the mandate but hadn't issued it yet. Um, and this was like March and April of 2021. I just watched all the staff just crying, anxiety, didn't know what to do. And they just they didn't care, you know, so that's that's what kind of opted it all. Um, I was just with this little group of people and we were talking about it and I was kind of known for having more of the louder mouth and being a very strong patient advocate. 
So they slowly started pushing me to the front lines like, hey, maybe you should try this or we should try this. But hey, you go. And then I was like, all right. And then I kind of realized like, if I don't do something now and get ahead of the ball game, like, you know, it's going to be too late. So I, I tried initially, I tried a petition throughout our hospital. I spoke to the CEO, CNO. I tried the right approaches to get him to just compromise with us. And it was, it was nothing. I mean, the CEO, David Bernard, literally looked at me and said, this mandate, this 100% mandate is more important than y'all's individual autonomy. And if you don't like it, there's a door. Like, we'll get college nurses to fill your spot. So that's when, that's when I knew we needed to have some strong guns. And that's when I started all the news media, the petition online, got the lawyer. I mean, and it just exploded from there. What can you say about, uh, let's say, the nursing community over this time frame? Have you found more and more willing to step out of that comfort zone that they once knew that they kind of felt something was wrong and then step into their power, right, like you're doing to do the right thing? Absolutely. There are so many more. There's a lot that got fired or quote unquote quit or retired or whatnot, but so many are coming out and they either are all, or they're all over social media or, you know, they're, they're t- talking to their friends about things. A lot of us go in public speaking at different events. And then there are some, a very few that actually got their exemptions approved because most people got them denied. And I won't say who, of course, but they're inside the hospitals, many different hospitals, pretty much gathering all of us information so we can use that out in the public and the news media to help educating people from the inside. But I, I 100% believe like this, the sand is shifting and our tides are turning and there's so many more of us. And even, even the nurses and medical staff that weren't on board at first are seeing the proof. They're seeing the patients still catching COVID, that shot's not doing anything. Everybody's coming out with these like horrible adverse reactions now. So now everybody's starting to think a lot differently. And I think there's more on our side now than ones that actually actually believe it's still safe and effective. Yeah, this it's an awkward situation too, as they come to the realization, you know, even as we, we've uh, featured some folks that have admitted they were wrong, uh, we've been right the entire time. And now they have to come to this uncomfortable place where they may have been even aggressively promoting either the jab or mandates, in fact, and how horrific that is. And as I've said, even if there was zero risk and it was 100 percent effective, I stand in opposition to mandates because, you know, freedom is a fundamental gift from our creator in addition to life. And if you're going to violate that, uh, then suddenly you realize you've subjugated uh, people who are children of God, I believe, in reality to lesser magistrates, so to speak, uh, where they are no longer able to follow uh, the, the, the edicts, the principles, the guidance that we get from a far higher place than government. So a lot of, uh, I think the maturation in America is to come back to recognize that freedom is a, is a far superior, uh, starting point, middle point, end point, all of the points. And that anytime we are encouraged to abandon freedom, there's an ulterior motive. And in this case, of course, it's to promote an agenda of uh, a medical monopoly that profits tremendously because the government has endorsed and even mandated their products with no liability, which is, you know, horrific reality. But so many have subject subjugated themselves because they really believed or perceived the medical community actually knew stuff that was like not knowable, except that for those doctors or those nurses that got their degree and licenses, 
And so we now have to come back in humility and say, maybe we didn't know everything. And maybe our friends who are naturopaths and herbalists and homeopaths and energy workers know some stuff that we could have listened to, should have listened to and integrated, incorporated, and we could all not only get along famously fine, but benefit ourselves and those that come to us for help. I 100% agree with you. This is the first time I've, I've ever seen in my lifetime where both sides weren't allowed to like talk about it and present facts and data and actually go back and forth and have a conversation about it. Um, for once, like humans started trying to act like they were God and never, never in the medical industry ever were they able to produce something and, and actually make it 100% safe and effective. Like any little thing has a risk factor, a side effect. Tylenol can kill you if you take too much. I mean, that's that's the proper informed consent is to go over risks and factor your benefits and weigh out the risks and the side effects. So all of a sudden they thought they were like godlike and just created something that was just this perfect substance, which doesn't exist in the medical community. And the fact that the people that we're seeing things, we're testing it properly, we're understanding it. They just they just shut them up. They said, no, don't listen to that. That's misinformation. Well, why wouldn't you look at the VAERS report and look at these other doctors, nurses that are seeing things, doing the proper research, because you would think they would want to prevent people from getting hurt or injured over a new experimental substance, right? But just the alternative, they didn't. They just kept pushing it, shut up, don't talk about it. None of that stuff matters. And literally took the human population and turned them all into guinea pigs. And I heard before I jumped on, I heard y'all talk about Vera Sharav. I love that woman. I spoke to her early on when all this first happened and she was so fired up. She's like this, the Nuremberg codes were supposed to protect this from happening. I mean, this, this is exactly the same situation, just in a different context, basically. Now we're talking with Jennifer Bridges, RN, and she has a website, guardiansofmedicalchoice.com. You guys check out the good work she's doing. And, uh, I encourage you to support it as well as, uh, attend events, both online and in person where we are coming together. We are sharing information. Uh, we have the Trinity Health Freedom Expo, the virtual expo coming up shortly, uh, February 18th and 19th. And those of you who attended, you know how awesome it is. But even if you did, you couldn't see it all. And so if you go to trinityschool.org, you can sign up for 30 bucks in advance. You'll have three months access to all the amazing information and presentations that were uh, revealed there and even new presentations that weren't there as well. And I'm encouraging everybody, if you haven't already signed up for the virtual expo, trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com for 30 bucks you got you're in it's an amazing thing and just following that uh, we have the 20 actually i'm going to say the 21st to the 25th because the nurse freedom network has a day prior to it at next steps conference next-steps.info and if you go there you can use the code rsb10 to get 10 percent off your ticket prices but that that 21st which is not on this banner that you see up if you're watching the show uh, is a special nurse nursing event as well. And that's going to be outside of Atlanta at Lake Lanier Island, Newport, Georgia. And uh, as many of our friends, including Kimberly Overton, are going to be there. And uh, again, opportunities to come together, Jennifer, and teach and learn and uh, just take great joy in the people that are in it for all the right reasons and are now living that instead of kind of in constrained by a cage that they didn't realize they were in and finally woke up and said, I, I can't I can't do this anymore. 
Yes, absolutely. I think all this helped many of us kind of open our eyes and see see the medical field and see a lot of things in a completely different way. And I will, I'm looking like you were talking about earlier into more natural, more homeopathic. I'm starting to just think completely differently about the medical field and the different agendas they try to push. And these events going on right now, like worldwide are astronomical. I mean, every time you turn around, we were just at a huge rally at our Texas State Capitol two days ago. Lots of great speakers, doctors, legislatures, and everybody, no one wants to be quiet anymore. Everybody is just screaming, you know, from the mountains that this needs to stop. Like there's too many injuries, too many deaths, like enough is enough. Yeah. I mean, how much are you willing to take? And for those of you who are new to the Robert Scott Bell Show, welcome. The water's warm. It's not uh, poisoned with PFAS or even uh, glyphosate. But those of you recognize those people are, including all of us, are exposed to these things. The things that will resolve it, reverse it, are not more toxic poisons. You do not have a drug deficiency disease. Nobody does. Uh, To utilize drugs appropriately, in my opinion, allopathic medicine is wartime medicine. It's addressing triage scenarios where you know, you're going to die if you don't get an immediate assistance, whether you get hit by a bus or shot by a bullet. And it's extraordinary what that allopathic modern medicine can do. Outside of that, much of what they do, unfortunately, creates more problems than it solves. Uh, One drug leads to 10 other symptoms, maybe 15 or 20 that are managed by other drugs leading, you know, very profitable for that industry. And that's why we talk about regulatory capture at a governmental level. Uh, Jennifer, the nursing profession, the, the medical profession doctors have been captured as well by a pharmaceutical agenda so that even if they went in for all the right reasons to help people leave suffering, help bring healing to people, they are limited by their very license and so-called standard of care that doesn't allow for innovation like we discuss in terms of integrating natural options that are outside of normally when you would utilize, for instance, an emergency triage situation, or even integrating something like Arnica Montana in a triage situation. Homeopathic Arnica would be a a mainstay of emergency rooms to help reduce shock, pain, injury, swelling, while you do the other things to save lives. It's not a mutually exclusive issue either. Yes, no, I completely agree with you. You You need a good combination of both. Because like you said, I mean, most of these doctors nowadays, they just want to push a pill after a pill after another pill, which leads to like half these older patients, unfortunately, are taking 20 to 30 pills a day. And then between the side effects and just, I mean, there's no way your body can handle it at all. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm the same. I do not like to take any medications. Like I don't take anything unless I absolutely have to. And I think a lot of people are starting to lean more in a different direction in realizing that now. And I know for one thing, like I I never used to be anti-vax, right? Like growing up, I used to take all the vaccines, uh, but now my eyes are open and I don't think I will ever take another shot again. And I will definitely talk my son into the same thing because I have learned so much from this. It's just, it's astronomical. So, but what does it tell you about the hubris and ego of a profession that uh, says anybody who dissents from, for instance, I call it the sacrament within the church of pharmaceutical mysticism, that is vaccinology, vaccines. It's like a rite of passage in a religious, you know, uh, event in life or a cult event in life. 
rather than being a scientific endeavor that truly is validated or truly explores all of the potentialities of what manifests by doing the injections to what I argue if at best what they're achieving is suppressing the expression of a named disease. And the question is, is that desirable even? Or are we better off strengthening immunity and surviving and thriving and, and strengthening ourselves through these experiences? And in fact, arguably, many of the childhood uh, diseases or eruptive diseases like measles apparently cause a strengthening of the immune system, uh, development of, for instance, liver function, detox pathways, and a reduction in the future manifestation of things like cancer. Why can't we have discussions like that instead of, oh my gosh, measles coming back. How dare these people don't want measles. They want people and children to die. I'm like, where is any rational discussion in that instead of going, hey, what are the chronic disease outcomes of children that never used to have chronic diseases? And they're manifesting. Yeah. It's like, is that desirable? Really? Yes, but if they, they don't want to talk to our side, though, because it's they don't get to make as much money if they talk about it on on, for, on our aspects the way they do on just pushing their agenda. They make way more money, like millions and billions of dollars worth. Right. But um, uh, it's the things the things that I have seen in the past couple of years, I'll I'll never forget. And it, like one day, I swear to gosh, I'm going to write a book just just telling the tales of everything. But um, yes, no, absolutely. Any kind of agenda where a government, a job, anyone can tell you that you have to do something against your will, whether you like it or not, mm. that's always up for question. We should never lose our freedom to anything. And like you said, no, and there, no one is held accountable for it. all the pharmaceutical companies. They they get absolutely no liability. Even Methodist, when they were forcing people to sit in their chair, and the majority they did force. You even had to sign this waiver stating you would not hold Methodists liable for any adverse wow. reaction. So, so they, they, they have you sign something under threat, duress, and coercion, which would not hold up in a court of law. But under the emergency pandemic preparedness and all that stuff, they've been able to just violate any last remaining rights you thought you had as an American, much less uh, if you've been a national at some other uh, in some other country. Oh, absolutely. And then I always question them. I always say, like, you know, make up your mind. Is it safe or is it not? Because if it is safe, then you don't need this because obviously no one's going to get hurt. Right. But you have this waiver, this liability that everybody has to sign before they'll get it. So obviously you're saying it's not safe. So make up your mind. You can't push something saying it's 100 percent safe. But here, sign this waiver just in case. And then I had, I can't even tell you the amount of employees that contacted me and they'd sit down, take the shot within an hour, have some sort of adverse reaction. And literally it was like, yeah, Methodist, you get rushed over to the ER and it was kind of like hush, hush, like, don't talk about this. We'll take care of your bill. You know, it's okay. And we're not going to like advertise this at all. So the amount of cover up is just. It's astonishing. I mean, yeah, do, you, do they care about the health of the people that come into their facility or do they care about you know profiting from uh mandates uh deceptions lies poor science or lack of any science in terms of emergency use authorization jabs that we've discussed much less protocols that have proven to be deadly uh under this covid crazy uh era that we are trying to come out of uh, and that includes the the use of uh, remdesivir and now i think paxlovid there's a lot some nasty drugs there that are just in and of themselves can kill healthy people much less people suffering from what they call covid so Jennifer with uh, guardiansofmedicalchoice.com, 
what is it that people can learn there? How can they participate? Do you, are you recruiting more nurses to help out? What's, what's the story there? Oh, I am always looking for more help. You can sign up for our newsletter. Um, you can go there and get a lot of good actual information, um, scientific proof, all sorts of research that we found in so many areas. So you can look and see like the actual truth behind things and not just what they're pushing. We have some personal testimonies. You can even buy a T-shirt, which we'll mail out to, which supports our lawsuit. We have a gifts and go on there also, if anyone's interested, um, because we have about 250 different workers on board now, and we're suing Houston Methodist for wrongful termination. We're trying to work up into the Texas Supreme Court right now, because unfortunately, we were in the federal Fifth Circuit courts and they dismissed our case. But if anybody saw that, our lawyer didn't do the greatest of jobs. So I actually fired him and got on a new, better lawyer with way better muscle power that's going to help us achieve our goals a lot better. So, you know, if even if $10 in the gifts and go, it's kind of a David versus Goliath battle. Mm -hmm. And just just to put it out there, y'all, no one ever used GoFundMe or Square because we had used both of those on our website and they both shut me down for misinformation. And so, it's... Yeah, but- the Give, Send, Go is still cooperating then? Oh, yes, yes. The GoFundMe, we had about 200000 in our GoFundMe, the largest mandate GoFundMe in the country. They mm-hmm. shut me down, threw it all over the news. They were so proud that they got rid of me. But then we switched to Give, Send, Go. And they are very, very Christian-based. After I signed up with them, even a week later, a representative called me to ask if they could pray with me on behalf of our lawsuit. And then on a different podcast, I actually got connected with the founder of Gifts and Go, an amazing, amazing woman. I mean, they will not censor you as long as you're not hurting anybody, will fully support you. So I highly recommend that for any, any platform if somebody needs to raise donations for something. Yeah, well, thanks uh, for confirming that and uh, mm-hmm. we want to people support you. How, how about in Texas in terms of the legislation or the governor? Uh, supporting the efforts that you've put forward, including has there been any new legislation put up to prevent these kind of mandate scenarios coming back again under public health emergency, et cetera? Yes, they're actually working on it as we speak. Um, When all this first happened, right before we got fired in June 2021, in May of 2021, they had legislature. We went and testified, but it, it didn't pass through the House. It was just kind of dismissed. But now session's about to start again. I was actually just at the Capitol two days ago, and we have so many House reps and senators on our side now. Um, Brian Harrison and Mays Middleton are working together on a great bill. And from what what we're hearing, Governor Abbott is finally on board because prior to this, he has not been trying to stop mandates, unfortunately. He has not been on our side whatsoever. But now they're trying to get a bill passed as we speak. So in the next month or so, we should get to go testify and try to get it to pass both through the Senate and the House. And if it does, then it's going to stop all these mandates in the state of Texas and help protect these people. Even though a lot of damage has been done, there's still a lot more that can occur. So hopefully Governor Abbott will get on board and they'll help pass this through legislator and get this done because Texas is supposed to be one of the most freest states out there. And so far, it's it's not seeming that way like you think it would. I mean, Florida and a couple others are kicking our butt right now. Yeah. So uh, documentary style stuff. 
I want to bring this up. You've probably seen some of the uh, documentaries out there about injuries due to COVID. Uh, you know, I mentioned uh, my friend Jennifer Sharp. She put out a, a film called Anecdotals, Anecdotals. Uh, and she it's it's a non-political attempt, at least, to, to try to raise awareness and, and open hearts. Uh, I've participated in one that's just about to be released. We played the 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 trailer for it yesterday uh, called the Utah safe and effective question mark. And this is an apolitical attempt as well, though, you know, soften the hearts of those who've been hardened over this issue who are accusing people who have done nothing but become injured and harmed by participating, whether they volunteered because they thought they were doing the right thing or they were coerced. Like you, you described, uh, this is something that uh, sharing these uh, films online or, or, or hosting them in, at events can maybe open up some minds and hearts that are not open yet. I don't know if you've engaged in that as a tech technique, if you will, to reach people. Oh yes. When all this first started, I'm sure you've seen like scene 2020. Um, we've helped host that at a bunch of different events, spoke there. That was a huge one that first came out to kind of open the eyes um, of different people in the public about what the doctors went through, what was going on. I'm sure you've seen the one by Stu Peters died suddenly um there's a lot of good ones mickey willis put out some good a good one too i know he i think he's working on more but these are spreading like wildfire everywhere and a lot of people are showing them in either churches or if they can get their hold in different um like movie theaters and things like that but i know a lot more of the public has the opportunity to see these things and they need to they need to understand and that way they can get exposed to it more instead of just watching mainstream media and yeah. even if even if they don't believe it if they see a couple things here and there it's going to make them get a little bit curious mm -hmm. and then hopefully they can start thinking like you know why are all these people all over the world just suddenly dying for no reason just sudden cardiac arrest you know myocarditis and heart attacks and healthy young people athletes you know this Never in the history of human life have we ever had adult sudden death syndrome until this shot came up. Yeah, this is, is astounding. But then again, as you point out, looking back at the entire history of the vaccine program, something that is called sudden infant death syndrome, which mm -hmm. was uh, coined to avoid any mention of a, a causal relationship potentiality of, of vaccines to died suddenly long before there was the died suddenly uh, because of COVID shots. And jab. So looking back and having the, the ability to uh, say, you know what, we might have gotten that wrong, even though we were so fervent in our belief in them that we probably just kind of accepted what we were told as opposed to doing our diligence. Yes, yes. More people need to learn to start doing some of their own research, not just believe what they're told, even by their doctors, because unfortunately, a good chunk of doctors, at least more than half, don't do the proper research. They just do whatever they're told and what's ever pushed down the line, basically. But the, the general public needs to research. They need to question. They don't ever need to just take any kind of drug or have any kind of procedure just because their doctor tells them to. Because unfortunately, a lot of doctors make a lot of money and get paid off of these things without the public being completely aware of that. But no, I'm I'm on board with you. I've I've gotten involved with a lot of different groups now that are um, like Texans for Vaccine Choice with a lot of people that had vaccine injuries throughout childhood or adult. 
And I've just learned the amount of autism, the amount of comorbidities, it is just increasing rapidly. And they have research. They just don't want to even talk about, you know, all these, all these major childhood. I mean, I can't even tell you how many now they're trying to push, how many vaccines are trying to push on children now. And these people that I'm meeting that have never taken a shot their whole life, they are literally the most healthiest like just no comorbidities, no drugs, no any issues whatsoever. So it's like a big part of me wishes I would have realized all this a lot earlier on. But I tell everybody, it just takes, I mean, you're not born into knowing these things. You have to see something, you know, be, have something put in front of you, experience something for you to, to really wake up and understand what's going on. Yeah, exactly. All right, Jennifer, how's the timing for you th this hour? I I've got a few things. I've got a question of the day I want to answer related to homeopathy. And then there's a, a an article that I think you'll appreciate regarding uh, um, incentivizing, economically incentivizing diagnoses, it, how that how wrong that is. Yes. Uh, if you, but if you have to run, I understand. But otherwise, if you can hang out, we can we can talk some more about these things together. Oh, no, I've got some time. I can hang out. Okay. All right. So uh, if we can, Super Don, I'm going to do the question of the day. Uh, and it relates to homeopathy. If you if you don't mind putting that up in just a moment, and then we'll also hit that other story. And then I, I want to acknowledge a very special day coming up this Sunday, uh, the 29th of January, uh, my mother's 89th birthday. And when I talk about you know what's helping her to be here and and recover from things she's been going through in the last two and a half three years herself, challenges at any age, much less at 88 to go to 89. So let's do this question of the day real quick here. First, this is from Haiti, Hedy, H-E-D-Y. Uh, she's written in before. She says, hi, RSP. Thanks for the recommendation to use Arnica Montana for my bruised and painful knee after my unexpected run-in with a cement floor earlier this week. Not fun. I was finally able to go out and buy some today, and I'm not sure how much to take. The label says three pellets. Let three pellets dissolve under the tongue three times a day or as directed by a healthcare practitioner. Does this mean three pellets three times a day? The wording is a bit weird, so I'm hoping you can help clarify. All right, so starting with that first and foremost, these are generalized indications for use, how to use uh, Arnica. Arnica is typically used in acute injury situations where bruising and shock and pain and contusions and swelling are happening. Uh, so frequent use initially is is best. So three, three times a day could be enough. Maybe you can do it every hour, every 10 minutes even if you have pain and swelling. Uh, how to use it? In terms of, of those pellets, it says to dissolve it under your tongue. It absorbs mucosally immediately. You actually don't even need to let the whole pellet dissolve. That's because it's really only in the outer coating. I'll just let you know about that. And speaking of that, go full screen on that as well, Super Non, so I can go back to the second part of Haiti's question. Uh, also, is it lists lactose as one of the non-medicinal ingredients. Uh, yeah, because these are lactose and sometimes lactose-sucrose combination, little sugar pellets that are impregnated, if you will, with the, the remedy itself. She says, I'm wondering if this would be a concern for someone with dairy allergies, such as my daughter. I looked at a few different homeopathic remedies while at the store, and they all had lactose listed in the ingredients. Would homeopathic remedies be safe for her? Thanks, love, and appreciate all that you do, Haiti. So let me go into that context or concept of, of the medicated pellet. Uh, if you have an extreme allergy, yeah, that could be a trigger, right? If you're completely lactose intolerant. But considering how little in terms of quantitatively, it's not like you're drinking a big glass of lactose milk that would trigger something. We're talking a very minute amount. And you can actually, after it dissolves a little bit in your mouth, you could actually spit it out at that point. The remedy is in. 
The other thing you can do, and I've said this for, for like infants, if you want to give Arnica or something or chamomilla for, for teething, and you don't want them chewing on the pellets or having the pellets, you can dissolve the pellets in water. And, and they'll you, the moment you notice they, they've reduced in size, you've already got the remedy, and then you can give them a little bit of the water itself. And there are homeopathic remedies made that are water-based, that may be alcohol-preserved. If you're afraid of alcohol, there are some that are uh, non-alcohol available, but there are many different ways you can safely do it, and, the, and it's a minimal amount, quantitatively speaking. But if you are extremely intolerant or allergic to certain ingredients like that as a lactose issue, uh, then yes, I would say look for the liquid forms and uh, move forward with those in that case. Now, have you integrated, Jennifer, just real quick, uh, any homeopathics like Arnica, a classic one? Most people learn about homeopathy through Arnica. To be honest, I haven't had a lot of free time in quite a while. So I'm actually working with some people to start getting involved more and start learning a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, and for, well, it's it's been great, but I've had so much support lately. It's like between, you know, different interviews or fundraising or speaking um, it's, it's really taken up a lot of time, which has been amazing. I mean, the support is astronomical, but, um, that is definitely the next thing on my list. And I have many people that are wanting to educate me and get me on board with things. So I might yeah. hit you up from, for some advice in the next month or two. Anything I can do to help. And by the way, for our friends that are at Trinity school of natural health, I'm grateful to them because they have made available a lecture on demand that I gave about clinical homeopathy, an introduction to clinical homeopathy, addressing a lot of the chronic uh, debilitating degenerative diseases that are different than an acute scenario, like we talk about an injury, right? You, your knee meets a concrete wall and you're like, ah, but uh, chronic diseases and talking about the terrain of the body and how do we correct it. And that's at trinityschool.org. They also have a, a longer clinical homeopathy course available as well. Uh, appreciate my friends at Trinity School of Natural Health, trinityschool.org. Uh, there is a story here uh, I want to address with you. I think you'll have something to say about it as well. A Newsweek article. And Super Don, do you see this article? It's an opinion piece by Jay Bhattacharya and Kyle Lamb. And its uh, I don't think this is controversial at all. I think it, it's controversial that it wasn't picked up on sooner. It's the downsides of financial incentives to diagnose COVID. Do you, have, you, have you seen the acknowledgments now by our government agencies and even non-governmental agencies acknowledging that they may have overdiagnosed COVID as a cause of death and maybe by 90%. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was in the hospital working the COVID unit for about a year, year and a half before I got fired. And I mean, you would see it all the time. People would have heart attacks. People would come in after like a car accident and they would just swab their nose, no symptoms, no nothing. And then of course it was positive. And then of course, if they died or something, oh, it was because of COVID, which no, they had no symptoms or chest x-rays were fine. It had nothing to do with COVID. And they used to have us, I mean, there were times when they would literally have us swab the same patient like four or five times or try to. Yeah because it would come up negative and they didn't want that. So they would keep pushing it and pushing it until, okay, now finally you got a positive one. Yeah. And that but doesn't even get, come into the controversy of the number of cycle counts, you know, that threshold. Yes. And I pointed that out early on when we found out it was PCR that they were using to diagnose. I said, man, this is a scam and they're going to play everybody into this because all they have to do is run the numbers up enough that everybody would test positive for, well, anything. 
Oh yeah. And you never heard of a, you never heard of the flu or a cold or anything else. It was just like nothing but COVID. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the amount of money they were incentivizing to these hospitals. I mean, we've got all the records. I mean, why would the government have to pay a hospital like thousands of dollars for positive tests? And then if you, if you put them on a ventilator and you intubate them, then you get like what, 20, 30 or more thousand dollars. And then if they die, you get even more money. I mean, we watched, we watched those hospitals go from like just, you know, just barely making it, doing it okay to just astronomical amounts yeah. of money to where they're like building brand new hospitals when they didn't have that funding before. And they weren't doing a lot of their other bread and butter profitable, uh, you know, interventions and surgeries at that yeah. time. So it's like it supplanted everything. The business model switched. Even in this article, they talk about Section 3710 of the CARES Act stipulated that when Medicare patients test positive for COVID-19, the, the facility would receive a 20% add-on reimbursement as long as there's a national emergency, which is still going. They won't ever, if they can get away with it, they'll never revoke the emergency. That's just one aspect of it. Uh, so much money was thrown in that. What do you think you get when you incentivize something? Uh, more um, of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's Absolutely. It's just going to push them to keep doing it, to keep ventilating people, to keep, you know, testing, to keep like, oh, if they die, no big deal, because we're going to get like, you know, $50,000 or more altogether. So it turns into just this horrible, like disgusting business that's making more and more and more money. Yeah. And then like the Medicare and Medicaid got on board. And then it was like, okay, you know, now you have the mandates with all the workers. So everybody's got to be, you know, take the shot. So that incentivized it even more. And then we have like, we have a hospital down here that was privately owned where they were, there was actually one doctor treating patients the right way in the hospital. Didn't use remdesivir, actually used ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine and all these things. I mean, literally patients were getting shipped to this doctor in Houston from other states to try to save their life. Yeah. And then Medicare stepped in, they're cutting off their funding, they won't reimburse things because they're not following their agenda. But why would Medicare know better how to treat these patients than a doctor would? Exactly. Well, there's a lot of transformation happening. And fortunately, a lot of people are, are dying and have died and many more still to come based on what we're seeing. But if it takes that to make a better future, uh, we're going to make it better. And you're you're part of that, Jennifer. And I appreciate you so much for being willing to speak out from the moment you did. And we got to cover that. And you're continuing on with your good works with the uh, guardiansofmedicalchoice.com website. And I hope to see you at an upcoming event, any any one of them that you can make it to, because there's a lot of, a lot of new friends and family members we're making based on the people coming together to do what we have always in our heart felt was the right thing to do. And maybe it took us a while to get here, but we're here now. We are here now and we aren't going anywhere and there's more and more of us stepping into the spotlight. So no, these, these events are taking over and they're, and I just love seeing the fact that they're happening in just about every state, every country. And so many of us are connected now and just talking nationwide, even internationally. And it's, our movement is so growing and we're not going to back down and we're not going to let them do this to people. Yeah. And no, absolutely. Well, thank you, Jennifer. Now, if y'all come on to the Robert Scott Bell Show website, robertscottbell.com, you can see on the right-hand side, scroll up and down, you'll see all kinds of banners and things that we support and utilize. Upcoming events tab as well. There are online events, there are in-person events, and we keep you up to date there. And 
you can always uh, text uh, RSB, my name, my initials, let's say, to 22828. Uh, so if you get on your uh, phone, if you're not driving, 22828 is the number to text, and you text RSB, then you'll be prompted to get our newsletter. Just enter your email address as well. And you'll if you'll see on the, the right-hand side of the page, the, one of the banners is for Folium PX. And Super Don, as I've, I've said to everybody, this is a, a Chernobyl-level antioxidant, binding with heavy metals, binding with radiational components that are very difficult for the body to eliminate. And my mom has been trying this, this three-pronged approach. And do you have that? Uh, she sent a testimonial in to, uh, to Baybury. Uh, if you could show that full screen, this is amazing. My mom is about to turn 89 on Sunday. Happy, happy birthday. Happy anniversary of your birth, mom. Appreciate you so much. Love you so much. She says, hi, Babry. Thank you for your great supplement, Folium PX. I started taking it in December. I am now almost finished with the third uh, Folium. She's gone through the three-pronged approach, uh, including the Relax and the Immuno. She says, I noticed that since taking it, I have much more energy and feel overall much better. Thank you for this wonderful supplement. It sure helps me. I will be celebrating my 89th birthday now in three days from now, two days from now, uh, feeling great and plan to go dancing again. Thanks to Folium PX regard Mickey Bell, my mom, uh, happy birthday, 89th. And if you realize how much she's been through in the last three years, anybody has, but she has, uh, and all the things that normally would help limited help or none at all. And she got on the Folium PX and within weeks, we have a video of her dancing on January 1st on, on New Year's Day. And I want to see more of that. And again, thank you to Babry. Y'all check out foliumpx.com and uh, use the code RSB10 or call them up and you'll get a discount just for being part of the Robert Scott Bell Show family audience. Uh, once again, Jennifer Bridges, thank you. God bless you for all that you're doing. I, I know that we'll stay in touch as, uh, as we move forward here. And I thank you also for sharing this show with your audience too, because uh, there's not a lot of media outlets that support your efforts and we're happy to do that oh i appreciate it any any time i can get on and speak and share any kind of information with people i absolutely love it and i wish i wish i was closer i would love to go out dancing with your mom and go celebrate her birthday that, that is awesome? amazing yeah. oh, I, I absolutely love it and now i want to go check out that supplement myself i mean that i hadn't heard yeah. of that one yet but no i'm definitely going to be picking your brain because a lot of, yeah a lot of great scientific validations as well as that now we're hearing the clinical stories which i'm very excited about and by the way i think you uh you want to meet mom come to the next steps conference she's going to be there for at least a couple of days uh outside of atlanta february 21st through 25th the 21st is the nursing event but everybody's going to hang out for the entire weekend there at lake lanier islands and i'll be speaking on uh you know integrative natural therapies for healing as well and we have a lot of downtime to interact with one another so it'd be great jennifer if you can make it if you can't I understand but Atlanta, maybe not so far from Texas. It's it's doable. You never yeah. know. I'll have to check it out. Cool. Well, again, thanks, Jennifer. We got to wrap up our first hour of the show heading into the weekend. You made it all the more better. Did I say more better? Yeah, I did. Go ahead. Yell at me for bad English. I don't know. Anyway, we're going to carry on heading into the weekend and have a lot of fun doing it because our pal, our buddy, Michael Bolden from the 10th Amendment Center, he says he's going to show up, even though we haven't billboarded his segment yet we're trying to get him on every other friday to head into the weekend because it's just so much fun if you ever get to hang out with michael bolden it's it's like a party it just is and yet the important work that he's doing is serious with the 10th amendment center so y'all check out 10th amendmentcenter.com as well and let's see where we go next hour as we nullify all the things we want to nullify and we embrace all the things we want to embrace including our good friends 
Super Don, get it ready. We're going to kick it into gear second hour after I tell you this. The power to heal is yours. All right, heading into the weekend almost. It's like, oh, there's a song. What is that song? I got everything I need. Almost. But now we got everything because this hour, theoretically or actually, Super What Dad, song was that? You don't know that song? You know the weirdest songs. Almost, almost. It's like a bluesy. It's a B-side to a B-side on an album. That... Who, who did that song? What's it? What is it? I don't know the name of it. I just know that particular line and how it sort of sounds. Uh, But anyway, I I was thinking about that because this hour we got everything we need. We just got everything we need because my pal, my brother, Michael Bolden, even without a billboard yet set up for his appearances in the calendar. I know. You know, I never heard from him on what he wanted his, his segment to be called. Yeah. Bolden's Big Boulders, I think, what is what we're going to go with this week. I don't know if he's going to go for that. What do, what do we think here? <laughs> what, what is it going to be? Just shaking your head? He's saying nothing. He's yeah, saying, whatever. I can tell when you're ah, faking it. <laughs> oh, man. I heard you breathing. No pressure, but uh, all right. Do I sound okay? Yeah, sounds, sounds good. Mm-hmm. Oh, no way. It actually works. Hi. Hey. We're going to do this every day now. Every day. <laughs> Every day, I love that. Now I like it that you're dressing up uh, to match uh, Super Don. You got a like little button-up shirt. I don't think it's short. This short is the Robert maybe. Scott Bell show, not just these two shirts trash. could not be more unlike each other. I think if they tried, well, but up they got collars. There's a dress code on this show, but one person is not following it. That's true. Yeah, the hostess with the leastest. We're uh, slumming I, it with Robert I, Scott I, Bell. I put my 1776 so. shirt on. Oh, all right. I stand corrected. Uh, Sorry. I, did you see? By the way, Michael, did you see our our, our buddy uh, Jonathan Emord is set to declare officially his candidacy? And you know, knowing that what we know he knows of the Constitution compared to almost everybody else in there, the fact that he wrote bills for Ron Paul when he was in Congress, Congress, I'm just excited. Even though you and I both know. Having people in Congress or Senate is not really the final solution to make everything right. But, dude, having somebody in there that can really uh, uh, intellectually engage and try to convince people in a different way, it doesn't happen much up there. Yeah, interesting enough, I, I take a position that I don't have to agree with someone all the time if they're taking an approach of actually going to the original legal meaning of the Constitution and I find that I like when I listen to the Emord episodes, Thursday is a pretty busy day for me. So it's only every few weeks. But when I listen to those way more often than not, I'm nodding my head with, oh, OK, dude is nailing it on that one. Yeah. And, and we always know that everybody's going to have interpretations of, of what went on 200 plus years ago in the founding fathers. But to, to actually- I thought it was just me. No, just to take the time to research and find context of why they yeah. believe what they believe, why they, they wrote the words. What did they mean in that context rather than abandoning it and saying, for convenience sake, we think it means this. Uh, to me, that's just so irresponsible. It's an understatement. So to have anybody that's willing to go back and discuss and debate and even argue for 
oh, we're going to be benefited by that. We're not going to be worse off for that is my point. When a lot of people go in, we end up worse off because they, they just kind of sell themselves out for convenience sake. And at least I know one guy that's going to be running that, that will not do that because he's got a track record here with me for 20 plus years now. Is that an opening? Nah. Maybe. All right, well, welcome to the show. This is going to be, Yay. this is how it's going to be every other week. Friday is going to be an empty. <laughs> no, I think the opening was because. He just I, dropped the mic and left the room there. <laughs> no, no, because I'm going to be near you. And every time I'm near you, I want to see you. And uh, we got that Glendale event that's coming up on, uh, I, I don't I forget the date. I, I, I dropped it in there. I think I have it here. Um, it is the 18th of February in Glendale, California. Uh, special event uh, with Jonathan E. Mord. So if I'm sort of in the neighborhood, I'm hoping that you guys could show up. That's a Saturday evening at seven o'clock. I will do my best for sure. Yeah. And I, I'll fast until then so we can share a meal as well. No, I won't fast <laughs> until then. But today. anyway. Right. So let's do this big boulders, yeah. right? Yes. Do you like it? Big boulders with Bolden? I mean. <laughs> It'll do it for this Friday. week. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll work with it. All so right, talking about fight. going back to the uh, kind of the original legal meaning and focusing on the original constitutional provisions, that's basically yeah. what I thought would be a good idea to cover here, because at this time of year especially, this is when all the state legislatures are in session. And if we're following the advice of the founders, for example, we go to James Madison. A lot of people call him the father of the Constitution. He told us in Federalist Paper number 46, what to do when the government does stuff you either don't like, you think is bad policy, or you think is outside the scope of the Constitution itself. And he gave us a four-step program on how to deal with it. Not one of them revolved around going to the federal government in the hopes of somehow magically getting that government to limit its own power. It focused on states and individuals with an emphasis on a refusal to cooperate with officers of the union. And so this is a time of year state legislatures are in session. We see a lot of bills on tons of different issues where there are bills being considered to ban participation in some various program. And there's a, a bunch that I think uh, the listeners here will be interested in, especially since I'm one of them. Yes, exactly. I don't know if Super Don's going to allow you to go there, but, you know, we might try a little bit of that, too. By the way, mom's in the audience. She says, hi, handsome. Oh, happy birthday. She says, hi, handsome Bolden. Ah, uh, and happy birthday. Mickey. Yay. So that's cool. So the, the, you know, the idea you're right about this, uh, most of the legislative sessions begin in January after, you know, the, particularly after a new election cycle, it's interesting to see some of the things that are happening, by the way, is that a, a train outside of your uh, window there? That's me. You that's me. No, there's train tracks just like two blocks up from here. And every once in a while, uh, especially when I'm on the air, they decide I, to go. The, yeah. Go through there. If there was noise pollution in Irvine, California, there would be a SWAT team. <laughs> yeah, you moved to a nice place. But I want to hear Super Don next time that happens. I want to yell, choo-choo train! I want you to yell, choo-choo train, so we, we know it's from you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that for sure. Okay. So I'm watching um, what's happening in the various states. And, of course, the Tenth Amendment Center, TenthAmendmentCenter.com. If you're not getting the email alerts, please sign up there. Become a member, in fact. Uh, you'll get updates about what's happening in various states. But in your state, my state, whatever, there are things that are happening because of COVID that are rather interesting. Some of the things, because they they the federal government has, has just grabbed and usurped even more than ever before, I think, uh, in a big way, there's a lot of pushback on the state level. 
to, to do what Michael, you said, to not cooperate in some way and to actually uh, codify into law and a state law some of these things rather than just nullifying it informally. Have you seen some of these things coming about? Yeah, you know, and just the other day, uh, you guys were talking about prices of eggs, and I know I was in the chat talking about picking up eggs and how insane they are. And I know there's uh, some supply chain issues, but of course, we have to look to the Federal Reserve and the crazy, uh, the money printing frenzy of recent years, which is driving up prices. But what I thought was really interesting was uh, Wyoming just this week, at least the state house, they passed by a 30 to one vote, Senate Bill 102. Now, Wyoming Wyoming is the first state in the country, at least that I'm aware of in modern times, to pass what we call a Food Freedom Act. And that would take that takes small scale producers at farmers markets, right on the ranch, home based producers of food products. They allows them to do business without having to go through this kind of onerous regulatory uh, structure of uh, regulations and licensing and all this stuff, all these restrictions that make it so cost prohibitive that these small businesses can't actually do things. And the research, and I don't have this handy, but uh, some research over the last few years have shown how this has really been flourishing in Wyoming since 2015. So this year, someone got the great idea of saying, well, we're having trouble with prices of things like eggs and dairy. And so Senate, Senate Bill 102, which passed 30 to 1, it has to pass the state house still before it gets to the governor and goes into law, would expand that to include eggs and dairy. So if you think about it, if eggs are really expensive and they're hard to get, adding a bunch of local small-scale producers will also increase the market. It increases the ability of people to get the product. The more that you have competition, the greater the chance that you're going to have a lower cost. And especially if you're talking about producers that don't have to go through the whole regulatory process mm -hmm. because it's cheaper for them to conduct business. So it just makes a lot of logical sense to do that. And I think as what we're seeing in Wyoming, and maybe we'll also see that in places like uh, Maine, which has a food freedom law on the books as well, or in Oklahoma, Senate Bill 1030. 38 is going to be up for consideration next month as well, another Food Freedom Act. What I think what happens is slowly over time, people learn that, oh, wow, just because my local farmer's market supplier doesn't have a bunch of licensing and regulation by the state doesn't mean they're trying to poison mm -hmm. me. And in fact, I'll probably get better products that are outside that system anyway. Yeah, closer to the point of production as well. And oftentimes yes. you're finding people are feeding them things that they're normally eating, like these chickens, as opposed to some of the controversy we've heard recently. I haven't reported on it yet. Maybe you've seen this, is that there's been an alteration of the feed and the content of the feed that a lot of uh, commercial producers use. And it's it. I have not heard about it, that. That's why. Really, well, I mean, it's not surprising. And it's resulted in in lower production, almost as if it was intentional. Yeah, I mean, you were talking again, you guys were talking the other day about like, oh, what are some of the things that you do to deal with this? Well, start having chickens in your backyard. I, when I was living in L.A. up until a few months ago, uh, there were a lot of people that were doing this, raising chickens and things like that. But in a place like Wyoming, it's obviously going to be much easier. And I think there are a lot of other states where people could kind of follow this lead. Hopefully we'll see Oklahoma pass the, the law this year as well. Uh, but addressing issues of kind of a centralized system that is causing prices to go up, causing shortages and reducing quality, localizing our food production, I think is a logical choice moving forward for pretty much anyone. Has there been uh, 
you know, every year you, you get contacted occasionally by mainstream media sources, New York times. I want to talk to Michael Bolton. It's like, what is the, what do they want? <laughs> because it's nullification season. Has there been any, uh, let's say legacy media interaction with the 10th amendment center questioning nothing this year. I mean, I've done tons of interviews with the New York times and Washington post and the LA times associated press. I've been on CBS news over the years, nothing so far this year, but I'm sure that'll change. So we're just starting, we're just getting underway for what we call nullification season here in 2023. So as some of the probably more high profile legislation like efforts to nullify federal gun control, for example, start moving forward. I'm sure I'll get a phone call or a text or something. I was thinking that the moment they hear about Bolden's big boulders, they'll be on the phone with you. <laughs> oh, they already do for yeah. that, but that's not a professional. <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, I got to ask. You about- and I don't have a button down shirt on for that. No, no. colors for that. What's call. going on behind you? I'm, I'm used to seeing V for Vendetta. Uh, the images did, did I walk out with it one day when you weren't looking? What happened? No, V has been upgraded to the, the living room. This is my office slash studio. And behind me, I have uh, some GIK acoustics, uh, sound panels gotcha well i i'm still after it next time you invite me over to your new place it might disappear um uh, no it wouldn't do that but uh and the birds would you know they're watch birds too they wouldn't let me get away with it yeah <laughs> they're fast so let, what about the ongoing battle uh fda versus cbd uh we've just covered some stories here that you know for people that rely on cannabidiol and hemp products uh are, are they now to run in panic and and stock up because the fda is now going to crack down because they say there's no basis for it as a dietary supplement yeah you know this is an interesting thing because uh, the fda has always held that cbd products are fully illegal and i know a lot of people have been pointing over recent years to the farm bill that was passed into law in 2018 where they said that the dea was no longer going to consider hemp and its derivatives to be a controlled substance but there is a section in that farm bill that specifically says oh no and this is me paraphrasing basically says the fda still has total control of it in food products or in supplements. Here, let me pull it up. It says uh, section 297D, paragraph C1, quote, regulations and guidelines. Nothing in this subtitle shall affect or modify the Federal Food, Drug and Cosmetic Act. And according to the FDA, which shouldn't exist if we're talking about the original legal meaning of the Constitution, it shouldn't exist at all, but it does. Uh, But according to what the FDA is doing and what they say and that Food, Drug and Cosmetic Act, it says soon as a, uh, a, a product is now undergoing substantial clinical investigations, then now it's considered a drug. And the only one that the FDA has approved to be ingested is that fake one called Epidiolex. So they have held all along that all that stuff that we go to the store, if you go to a coffee shop, and I've been doing this for years, getting coffee with CBD in it, you get a hemp uh, uh, mm-hmm. a CBD like uh, gummy, mm-hmm. or you can get granola bars, you can get all kinds of foods with CBD in it. This has been illegal all along. 
So they've been holding against that. A lot of people were hoping that the FDA would regulate it. I think that is basically like asking someone to strangle you as if the uh, the FDA is going to come in and do the right thing mm-hmm. in support of health, freedom, individual liberty and things like that. I don't expect that. I don't actually want the FDA to get involved. And a lot of people have been begging them to regulate it. So it's legal and we have certainty in the market. Well, I'll tell you, I have got plenty of certainty in the market. I can go anywhere and buy whatever food based CBD products I want. I can get them shipped across state lines and it's all illegal according to the FDA, but they do not have the enforcement resources to get anything done about it. What they've relied upon in most years and in most states is that most states also have their own version of the FDA. Here in California, for example, the code under food code here, well, I'm not sure if that's the exact term, but they have basically up until 2021 said, well, CBD rules are in line with whatever the FDA says. They just straight up deferred to the FDA. And if the FDA said something was illegal, Mm -hmm. then the state would consider it illegal. And in some parts of the state, a couple of years ago, they were trying to enforce, they were going into coffee shops and like threatening to take away licenses. Mm -hmm. So in 2021, there was a law that was signed that specifically said we are decoupling from the FDA rules on CBD. And so now, even though the feds still say that CBD is illegal to include in foods, California says too bad. We're going to do it differently. And because the FDA relies on state law enforcement to do most of the regulatory enforcement, Mm -hmm. They're not going to do anything about it. There's also a bill in Oklahoma to do the same thing, uh, Senate Bill 635, and another one was just filed in Hawaii, uh, Senate Bill 651. So maybe we'll see a couple more states decouple from the FDA. And I think that also is a foot in the door because as some people start learning, oh, wow, the world doesn't end. Dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria just because the FDA is not in total control over this, or we are defying that. I think that just like what we're seeing in Wyoming with the Food Freedom Act, one step leads to another and to another and to another. And Thomas Jefferson told us that that's how it would play out. He said, the ground of liberty is to be gained by inches Mm -hmm. because it takes time to convince people of what is for their own. Well, and, and bipartisanship destruction of, of, of liberty has been an ongoing, uh, let's say, theme between Democrats and Republicans. And I, you know, I bring uh, Jonathan Ebord up again because he's very aware of what you're describing. And in fact, uh, one of the few people that could go in and, and explain to Democrats and Republicans of how their deference to FDA has been a disaster. And not only, uh, you know, from the outcome in terms of human disaster, the toll it takes, but also the constitutional basis and uh, perhaps to submit some things that could correct that even as I don't hope, let me just say it this way. I don't hold my breath that the feds will do the right thing, but we also have incremental uh, issues uh, happening everywhere. And I think that it has to happen up there as well. Well, I don't think there's any chance Let's say Emord wins. I think there's zero chance that he could make a change. But what he can do is when he's filing legislation, he's using the bully pulpit and he's bringing these issues up. He's on a committee discussing. This is a man who's been in lawsuits against the FDA. 
he's going to hold some weight and he's also going to get a much louder mouthpiece to be able to discuss this. And it will also bring more attention, I think, to what's mm -hmm. happening on a state level as well, where we can actually have yeah. real concrete changes in the short term rather than waiting on Washington, D.C. to fix itself. Yeah. I think of an as above, so below principle, all of the things we're experiencing out in the local and state levels happening everywhere. Human beings are experiencing similar things right now in America, particularly when it comes to freedom uh, violations and uh, health freedom is a big one. Medical freedom as well. Super Don, what you got there, buddy? Buddy, I see you. You see me. I do see you. You show up. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, there must be something going on. Oh, well, I could leave if you want me to. I don't want you to leave. Um, no, listen, on the CBD story, the, the, yeah. the takeaway on this for me is how ridiculous it is that suddenly now, for some strange reason, uh, the FDA is concerned about CBD. You know, we're really worried about this CBD because it might be dangerous, right? We don't know, uh, you know, how, you know, whether it's okay to take long term. Well, hold on a second. Let's, let's, do, let's get some real world evidence. People have been using CBD for decades now. How many how many times have you heard people uh, getting sick and dropping over dead from CBD use? Right. I mean, it, I th I call BS on that whole thing. Of course. I mean, it's just it's stupid. And, and the other thing they're saying they're worried about what the the uh, the impact could be on fertility. What? Really? Oh, was that now? from uh, from Kyle's report from, at Marijuana Moment? That's for, well. I mean, it's it's the story's been all over the place, and oh, the, okay. the the FDA. Commissioner, I think it's Janet Woodcock. Yeah, um, is is going around saying, "Well, you know, we're just really concerned because we just know what impact it might have on fertility." And I'm thinking, you know what? There are so many FDA approved drugs that you have put out there and rubber stamped that are causing all kinds of mayhem and death and sickness yeah. and and all kinds of stuff like that. And you're seriously going to sit here and say that we need to put regulation on CBD because you're worried about whether it's safe or not? I also think that there's something in there, and I did a video on this regarding uh, cannabis marijuana legalization back around 2014, 2015. So many people, so many states, so many businesses, there's so much commerce in CBD products. And the fact that it's Billions. illegal, yeah. I mean, it's a huge market. I think that they need to do something to save face, whether they're pretending to legalize it and they're going to go through this long process. It slips through their level, fingers, right? At some point, yeah. they have to, like, make themselves look like, oh, yeah. all those things that you've been buying and selling that you weren't allowed to do, well, now it's okay for you to do that. We saw the same well, thing uh, in Los <laughs> Angeles when it comes to food carts. They were they were supposedly illegal, although there were 20,000 of them in operation. And eventually the city council said, oh, those things that we were going to arrest you for, well, now, and you didn't care and you did it anyway, well, now it's legal. And they try to make themselves look good interject themselves into they the just want to get their fingers in it and, and i think and, that there's something to that and that and that makes sense but with the cbd thing you know i'm thinking if you're so concerned about whether cbd is safe you approved epidiolex yeah you had no problem with approving the pharmaceutical We're version what does that tell of cbd yeah. that yeah. people are taking they you know they approved it for for uh for for seizures right yep uh, and it worked. Well, you know what? Before you guys put your stamp on Epidiolex, before you isolated it into one just one molecule and said, oh, look, it works, people were using CBD for seizures long before you even approved that. 
Yeah. But now they're going to be like, oh, we're afraid that CBD might be dangerous. It might cause people to be infertile. Or Shut up. I mean, that, that's such There's a, a lot of money to be made in pharma products where there isn't a lot of money to be made at something of course. that can be grown at home, right? Yeah. I think there's, there's probably Absolutely. a little of that, too. And Super D, you brought up the fertility issue, which is so important because we've been, I don't know, yelling and screaming about this issue uh, with the COVID jabs. The the, the, and we've had some so-called whistleblowers coming out from fertility clinics, uh, some on this program, in fact, over the last couple of years that said there's some disasters occurring in fertility clinics only in those that have gotten the jab. And yet the FDA, through emergency use authorization, says it's great and don't you dare question it. How dare you question it? And yet they come out and have the audacity to say we're worried about fertility issues with CBD. I mean, when do people realize how disingenuous anybody from the Fear and Death Administration is when it comes to the safety of the public, much less reproductive issues? Uh, so I think we're gaining more, if I can call them converts, Michael, uh, on on these issues, maybe from hopefully both the left and the right politically. I, I don't know. I just get a sense that it's becoming so obvious. Well, on certain ones, it, there's cert there's definitely a groundswell. I mean, for example, on marijuana, 10 years ago, no one you, I would have been laughed out of the room if I said a state like Oklahoma was going to consider legalization for recreational years or even medical like they have today. And I think the other direction goes on other issues as well, as we see states like Missouri, Arizona, Montana, and maybe a few others take on federal gun control and the world doesn't come to an end. It's my hope, although I am kind of a cynic, that maybe in 10, 15 years, some people on the left aren't going to be so insanely opposed to the natural inherent right to self-defense as well. But uh, we got to be patient. Yeah, yeah. You you have mm -hmm. uh, walked, I don't know, a per, a, the proverbial fine line as the 10th Amendment Center guy, uh, where you've seen, depending on who's in power at the time, how you are perceived and who yells at you and calls you names, whether you're a commie to someone or a right-wing nut job to another. It's just astonishing. I don't know if you ever envisioned yourself uh, being so malleable to be on any side of <laughs> whatever they want to call you. Nope, but it sure is fascinating. You know, when the when the Bush people were in office, I started the organization back in 2006. We got tons of move to Cuba, commie. You're with the terrorists. You hate America because we oppose things like the Real ID Act right from the beginning. We opposed the unconstitutional, illegal, murderous foreign policy. We opposed the marijuana prohibition. And of course, they hated us for that because they think the only way that you can oppose the regime in power is if you're partisan based. And then, of course, it flips sides when the peace president started bombing everybody and it's back and forth and back and forth. But as long as you're consistent with what you do, then you know that whether anyone is with you or not, you're doing the right thing. And for us, the right thing is straightforward. It's the Constitution, every issue, every time, no exceptions, no excuses. Not even for a public health emergency? <laughs> I mean, I've read the Constitution. I actually have not seen anything about exceptions in there. I just I'm not really finding a public health emergency exception. Our buddy Mike Mahari, who also is with the Tenth Amendment Center. Oh, Mike said to say hi. I was chatting with him last night. He's like, oh, oh I haven't talked to RSB in a while. Tell him I, I love hello. our favorite hockey puck. I mean, he's a hockey <laughs> player. Honestly, he plays ice hockey. Yes. That's amazing. Uh, but he wrote a, a, an article here. Um, recently about a Texas bill that would prohibit state mm. enforcement of some federal rule and regulations during a public health emergency. I guess that's better than none because I would say all, but, uh, you know, 
again, these are incremental steps, and I would take those steps as well to get us closer to some ability of the, the states to stand up to the feds when it comes to the unconstitutional declarations, or maybe if you can declare a public emergency being constitutional, but what they do after the declaration is made is patently unconstitutional. They just say all the limits on their behavior suddenly poof disappears. So let's think about this again. James Madison told us the way to stop federal programs is a refusal to cooperate with officers of the union. If I want to understand the problem with my Apple computer, I'm going to go to, well, I can't get Steve Jobs on the phone, but someone at Apple, they understand their product. So if the father of the Constitution tells us that states should use legislative devices, a refusal to cooperate with officers of the union, and if a single state does it, it will create very difficult situations for the feds. But if a bunch of states do the same thing, he said it would make uh, it would create an environment the federal government would hardly be willing to encounter. And clearly, with over three dozen states define Washington, D.C. on cannabis. This is like very straightforward stuff. We know it works. We know it worked in the 1840s against the Federal Fugitive Slave Act of 1850. So we can push forward on pretty much any issue. And this is a bill, Senate Bill 307 in Texas uh, from Senator Bob Hall, I believe, that would ban the state from participating in the enforcement or implementation or effectuation of any federal statute, order, rule, regulation, anything in response to a federal public health emergency if they don't have the same thing on the books in the states. Now, that does, of course, leave wiggle room for the states to do bad things, but it's basically one layer at a time. A lot of the stuff that we see that the states were doing during all those shutdowns, if you think about it, Mm-hmm. How much of it could they have gotten away with if they weren't participating in the national emergency and getting all the loot that they were getting handed out to do all the shutdowns and pay people to stay at home? Uh, so this is a very important step. I've seen a number of states address the state control over this, and that's a separate piece of legislation that has to happen. But opting out of a federal health emergency now is really a great idea before we get the next one. And we know they're going to throw another one at us at some point. I think that was just a test run. Yeah, exactly. And and you said it's, you know, it would be nice to see them do basically everything instead of just uh, the state health emergency or dealing with health emergencies. Mm-hmm. There's two points that I'd like to make on that. First, if you want to get something passed, because ev- all 50 states, if we're talking about grading them on the Constitution, 10th Amendment Center does not grade on a curve. They all get an F. Mm-hmm. Sometimes some of them are less bad on a single issue here and there. So if Texas passes this law, they're good on that. We're making a step in the right direction. But in general, they're bad. So we can't rely on them either. And so if we want to get something passed, trying to address everything all in one fell swoop makes it very, very unlikely that it'll ever, ever get anywhere. But on the other hand, in Missouri, there's a bill from uh, Senator Mike Moon, it's SB 358, that would automatically ban the state. If they pass this thing, it'll automatically ban the state from participating in the enforcement of any, I see you got up on the screen a different one. I'm sorry, right. I didn't mention this to you guys. Missouri one, yeah. Senate Bill 358 would automatically ban the state from participating in the enforcement or effectuation of all federal rules and regulations on anything 
up until the state decides that they want to participate. So it would be an auto ban, anything on the books, past, present, or future. That's Senate Bill 358. Now, the Right to Farm or the Freedom to Farm Act, I think that you guys just had up on the screen, is mm -hmm. also really interesting if you want to talk about that as well. Well, yeah, anything that brings food production. <laughs> I mean, Good Lord. I'm the guest here. Yeah. Are you now? I, this is about you. Uh, as you know, this is what you've been holding. <laughs> Not until out. I have a billboard. No billboard. It's well, that's right. We need the billboard in there first. Uh, by the way, with all the rain down there, has, has there been any mudslides where you are? Or are you in a good? No, good place? no. I'm at the foothills of, uh, kind of, the the middle part of Orange County, north side of Irvine, and there's like kind of hills and mountains and hiking behind us, but nothing bad at all. Just clean, fresh air in comparison to what I'm used to. Have you found some more uh, RSB approved restaurants we can hit when I when I come visit next time? There's a handful. There actually are a handful that I think you're really going to like. I figured. I'm looking forward to it. And here I am talking about food when I'm fasting. It's my fault. I know it's I Friday, but I'm going to be on every other week. Mm -hmm. This Friday fast might have to switch to Thursday. It's going to be difficult, but I, you know what? <laughs> I'm up for the challenge. I it is worth it to have you on board. How's Sarah Beth doing? How's our our, our, our sweetheart? She's just so, she's such doing a amazing. Heart. Absolutely so, amazing. Yeah, well, we we love her as well. And do you have any uh, events that you're doing locally? I mean, it's been a time where most everything's been done from your home studio, and you have your your the path to liberty three times a week still, right? You're doing yes, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, nine thirty a.m. So I know it doesn't leave a lot of time to do events, but I still encourage as we get out and and do events, you're always there, even if you're not there. If I'm there, just so you know, it always happens. I Somehow, it's weird. I love you. It's weird. It's like how many times do I not mention? the 10th Amendment Center and Michael Bolden. It's just embarrassing. <laughs> so I'm back more Missouri. Can we talk about Missouri a little more? I know there's yeah. some Missouri people in the house. Right. Let's we got Leslie. Who else is Leslie. Missouri? Yeah, I think Sherry Neal is nearby there, I think, oh, as cool. well. Yeah, good holistic folks that are doing great work and recognize where the power to heal exists in reality, and also uh, where the power to do anything arises. Where does it originate from? Like our founder said, a creator, and that creator is not the government. I guess I could throw out a Jefferson quote there. Please and do. He remind, yeah, Jefferson, uh, 1784 or so, he said, a free people claim their rights as derived from the laws of nature and not as a gift of their chief magistrate. So, if you think we live in the land of the free, I think based on that Jeffersonian view, it's nowhere close. Just because a government doesn't happen to be violating a particular right of yours, particular liberty at a particular time, but it has the power to do so, it means you are not free, according to the founders, the old revolutionaries. Mm -hmm. You're only free when you exercise your rights, whether the government wants you to or not. And so I think there's a lot of interesting things happening along these lines, because if you think about all this, this conversation that we're having regarding CBD and food products, it's not just about the fact that, OK, California is now decoupled from the FDA on this particular thing. Maybe Oklahoma and Hawaii will get on board with that as well. But it really took individuals first, people willing to engage in commerce, to engage in business, to do that which they were told they weren't authorized to do. I think, at least on that one, a lot of people didn't realize it because of that farm mm -hmm. bill, and that made it very helpful. So I'm glad they passed that, even though there was a bunch of unconstitutional kind of pork spending and garbage in that, as it always is. 
Uh, but it does start with the individual choosing to act free without government permission. And that's the beginning. And that's really the end goal as well. Yeah. Not waiting for permission where none is required, y'all. And speaking of Missouri or Missouri, well, we're looking to be there. I've been in July. told both ways on that uh, that pronunciation. I'm we're looking sure. to be there in July of this calendar year. We meant to try and do a, a like a RSP show family reunion in August of last year, but the the pro- property that uh, Leslie had gotten, they had uh, false started it and and found another place, uh, and they are indeed growing. They are utilizing their God given talents to grow food. And it uh, looks like we'll have like a weekend festival, which would be a lot of fun in July. I don't have the exact dates yet, but if you guys haven't planned your summer uh, road trip, we could all get together and have a great weekend, including music and all kinds of fun, organic, clean foods, probably some organic pie. And that's all it takes to get me there. Wow. We should let all the Missouri people know about Senate Bill 84, though, the Freedom to Farm Act. Mm-hmm. This is I'm it's Senator Jill Carter. I'm not familiar with her. But it says, and oh, you have it up on the screen there, the right of farmers and ranchers to engage in farming and ranching practices for sale or personal consumption shall be guaranteed free from government intervention. And such practices occurring within this state shall not be infringed upon by the federal government under the regulation of interstate commerce. So basically farming and I don't know how it would play out in practice, but I like seeing this someone getting the ball rolling the on language this, is, this is not a yeah yeah that's uh, there may be some implementation issues it just got assigned to a committee maybe it doesn't go anywhere but it starts like thomas jefferson told us the ground of liberty is to be gained by inches john dickinson the penman of the revolution in response to the hated townsend acts of 1767 he said maybe you can't stop parliament from doing this and i'm paraphrasing of course maybe you can't stop them but the first step is to at least take a stand put it on paper the way you think things should be that will rally people to the cause he used a latin phrase concordia res parve crescunt it's something that we put on our membership cards it means small things grow great by concord so every small step to liberty can lead to another one so the idea of missouri or at least someone trying to make Missouri a farming and ranching freedom state, Mm -hmm. I think is potentially huge. Now, it may not go anywhere this year, but Mm -hmm. as long as this Senator Carter gets some support from the grassroots, I would think it very likely that she'll push forward again. We know that the Second Amendment Preservation Act, which bans Missouri from enforcing all kinds of federal gun control measures past, present, and future, That took eight years to get passed. And without the tireless effort of a lot of activists, it wouldn't have ever been passed. So maybe this is another thing to focus on in Missouri and then copy into other states as well. Or maybe another state can beat them to the punch. Yeah. I'm still hanging on your Latin words because I want to make you like my Latin is terrible. It is terrible. Look, no one knows. It's a dead language, as they say. So I can make you like an honorary homeopathic (laughs) doctor with your use of Latin. (laughs) Yeah. Really cool. Okay, I'll take it. By the way, we have uh, official stories in the, uh, uh, at least the nickname, uh, in the chat room, uh, trying to come up with a a billboarded name. Oh, Liam Chef? Well, Liam's not here, but of course. Well, maybe he he is. Yeah. He's here in the heart, right? He really is. He's, uh, they say, how about M. Bolden? You've got Bolden your name. Got to use that. Yeah, we're not abandoning the Bolden 
you know, starting point somewhere in there, but embolden with Bolden. I, you know, look, everything's still open. We haven't figured it out. We got a couple of weeks till your next appearance. Not that I'm getting rid of you yet. Cause we're not done, but uh, I like the ideas. I, lo- I like, keep them coming, keep them coming. Maybe we can come up with it on our AMA tomorrow for all of our patron supporters. You get extra, extra votes. If you got some ideas there. Oh, what time is that tomorrow? Uh, let's see. 9 a.m. Your time. 9 to 11. Oh, I'm going to be at a farmer's market. I would want to be there with you, too, but I'm going to be. I know. I got to pick up some organic dandelion. Are you really? Oh, yeah. I get. Well, <laughs> for those who are unaware out yeah. of, outside of this personal conversation, yeah. have, I have two beautiful little seven-year-old Conyers, mini parrots. And birds tend to have a lot of issues with liver disease. And if you want them to live more than a few years, you got to give them something good for their liver, like dandelion. And so because of that, and I hate dandelion, but all the stuff that they don't eat ends up in smoothies. So it helps me be healthier, too. I got uh, dandelion in this. You get the tea, right? Do you get the tea? Yeah, we make the tea. And, of course, we, we actually now harvest our own. Cause it's, it grows everywhere. But obviously if you're, if you're growing dandelion inadvertently, cause it'll grow no matter yeah. people try to stop it from growing, but it's trying to remediate toxic poisons in your yard. Uh, so, you, Oh, you know, I never thought about that. That makes sense because that it, I mean, it's an I aggregator. That and it's like charcoal. Yes. And to some degree, but it's got okay. such benefit to the metabolic functions of the liver and the kidneys that it's one of those mainstays. It's a staple for me. And I know that if you eat the leaves, you can, it's kind of bitter. So I you do. probably want to mix it as a smaller amount of a, an organic salad, which by the way, in the greenhouse, uh, man, we had a, just a beautiful salad. Uh, the lettuce has really done well this winter in our greenhouses. And another thing that's gone well, despite the cold weather and, and not as much sun as I would like, because we've had so much snow, uh, the oregano that we grow is doing well, but the, um, the basil didn't like the cold. Uh, basil is not as hardy, if you will, in the winter, uh, considering if you don't get the sun, because it's a passive solar scenario for us. We don't have any heating elements to heat it. But when we at least have some sun, it stays warm enough even for basil. But we've had a lot of cloud cover and and, and wintry per- per- precipitation, which was needed. Uh, so it's kind of harmed a few things, but other things are doing well. That is so cool. Yeah, digging it, digging it. All right, we lost Super Don. Where did he go today? He's he's now said, "Get off my lawn." Is there something we said to upset him, or is it because we're talking about dandelions? That might be the case. I'm guessing. No, that would be. Uh, I'm just here. There's oh, a particular here. liquid therapy that I'm not an expert in. Oh, here's Chris's suggestion: Bolden's Bright Buddha Bonfire. Jeez, please. That sounds like a coffee shop I would open up. Does that someday. mean we have to rub his belly every time he's on? <laughs> yeah. For luck, yeah, why not? That's awesome. I'll keep keep those ideas coming. I like them. They're making me smile. And and you guys notice, I'm noticing, I'm smiling more because, well, it's it's Friday and Michael Bolden is here. You just have that effect on me, uh, Bolden. It's just no you. Yeah, no, it's you. It's all you. I take no responsibility. Actually, I do. I take a lot of responsibility. What's your favorite thing at the uh, the uh, uh, farmers market when you go? Me? Yeah. Mm. Enough with all this Thomas Jefferson bills and stuff. It's Friday. Come on, guys. The first thing I do is I'm always like scrambling for organic dandelion. Are you really? That's the number one thing I do because it's it. You can find dandelion all over the place, and even if you go to like a Whole Foods market or Mother's or something, a lot of times 
at best it's really wilted and bad and they like really thick heavy stalks that haven't been cut down for like Mm -hmm. mass consumption and so that's the first thing I look for. But I kind of like, I honestly just like the people watching. It is cool. So, And this is in Irvine that they have. So it must be a big one. Well, there's there's a huge one in Irvine that I'm going to for the first time on uh, oh, tomorrow morning, actually. Mm-hmm. But there's one in Orange that's associated with Claremont University. It's like it's called the Homegrown Orange County uh, Farmers Market, and I was just blown away by the amount of organic products there. Nice. It's like I just wasn't expecting it. Uh, so that was really cool. And, you know, there's always some artists and musicians. So I kind of just like the community feel of it. Sure. Just Sometimes they have gives me a, like, gives me a little boost for the week. Do they have any like farmers food trucks where they're actually cooking up stuff while you're at the uh, uh, market or no? I had tons of that in L.A. Yeah, I, remember I just that. haven't. I have not seen that yet. I mean, we're barely scratching the surface on stuff to do. We went to one. Uh, farmer's market in Newport Beach on the pier. And there was like, there was nothing that I would even consider for, I found some, uh, I found some good pita there, but there wasn't really much there, but just being there in the, at the ocean on a Sunday morning, 9 a.m. It's been a long time since I've been to Newport. It's a cool beach. Well, we're trying to get Super Don to go down to Solana where we, where Michael, you and I and and Sarah Beth and my my wife and my daughter were there. We had a great time beautiful place uh no so if i feel like be, find time. that place is like in a different timeline it's it can't be real it's so amazing yeah yeah i'm just uh, i don't think we need to entice uh super don much but again it's a it's a hard thing to schedule and i realize that but. yeah i'll i'll make it happen eventually yeah but please before it falls into the ocean i don't know what's going to happen <laughs> yeah. just don't wait too long uh, you know how the things happen in California anyway. So, oh, well, look at this. We got some uh, Bloom County. Do you remember that? Is it Was it called Bloom County? Yeah, Bloom County was one of my favorite comics, you know, back in the day. Uh, I forget who was the Burke Breathed, Breathed was the guy that did it. And he had the Penguin Opus. I don't know if any of you guys are old enough to remember that, but I'm seeing it. Yeah, one, of, one of the panels he's baby. is uh, Dandelion Break with the, the, the uh, uh, Opus, the the penguin i believe that was his name love dandelion they're just so happy and so i that's kind of cool you can show that up on screen a dandelion break and it, it is you know amazing what? how many things we were taught to kill when we were growing yeah. up that were bad get rid of this uh you know don't eat the liver don't eat the dandelion murder it you know but like the stuff the way that i eat now i mean i know this is basically your this is your coming of age as well, RSB, mm-hmm. but like yeah. you were taught, and I think we all were taught that. So in a way, it gives me hope for the future, because if those of us who were propagandized from the moment we were born, really, with all of this pharmaceutical garbage, get rid of the actual natural foods, can actually get out of that to some degree, I think future generations have, I'm very cynical, but I think future generations do it's have a, a better chance. Method. Super Don's annoyed that I'm pressing buttons and he's keep putting me up full screen. Stop <laughs> it. I don't know how to undo it now. Oh, there, there, that's who we want full screen. Oh, that's man, nice. look at all that. Look at that chest hair. What a man <laughs> Michael Bolden is. You know what's funny about your love of those birds? I've seen them. They they abuse you, and you take it, and you keep giving them the love and going out to getting the best dandelion for them. 
no, you know, if anybody says you're not a loving kind of guy, you if you'd they weren't that. abusive, I'd be bored. Yeah, yeah, it keeps life interesting. Not enough abuse in your life. Get those birds. <laughs> They're well, very today was, a, today was a bath day, so okay, it's fun. They appreciated it. That's fun. Yeah, that's what um, some people are saying. Well, why aren't they in there with you right now? What would be happening if they were in there with you in the studio? This cord wouldn't mm-hmm. last more than about four minutes. That's why they cannot come into the studio. They chew through everything. Everything, yeah. Everything. We put wood blocks in the bottom of their cage, and they're shredded by the morning. <laughs> Gosh. Imagine what they amazing. do to a finger or an earlobe if you're, you're not giving them proper attention. They'll let you know, too. Sarah had a mole removed. I think they charged $200 for that, but uh, my bird, Crimson, will do it for free. Did it for free? On. Wow. I just, <laughs> yeah, just sliced it right off. Amazing. Hey, just real quick, I want to remind everybody in the L.A. area, I plan to be February 18th, 7 p.m. in Glendale, California. If you go to emord4va.com, uh, he's going to officially announce what he announced on Thursday's show yesterday, uh, that he's going to be a candidate, not just an exploratory committee. But if you can be at any of these events, I'm planning to be as many as I can, including the one um, Scottsdale, Arizona, uh, and that's going to be the 6th of March as well and i've got friends in both places the la area and areas in phoenix area um so if you'd like to be at any of those and i would love to see you there it's going to be an exciting time because you know there are people i think that are seeing through some of the hegelian dialectic to find out you know what we need people that really are invested in fundamental foundational properties of this country you know we were founded in freedom and we recognize the government was not there to uh violate it in fact it would if we would kind of go to sleep on it but they tried to write a constitution that would kind of maybe minimize the potential but they also warned us if you don't benjamin franklin on september 17th 1787 this is the day we celebrate as constitution day he literally made the speech to call for everyone to sign the constitution at the philadelphia convention he literally well he someone read it for him he's pretty old at the time but he wrote the speech out and he said you know Ah, uh, there's some parts of this constitution I think are awesome. There's some parts that I think are not awesome. But this, is, I think, is the best we're going to get with a bunch of different people from a bunch of different areas. And it's only going to end in despotism, as all other forms before it have done when the people become so depraved, basically, that that's what they beg for. So ultimately, it's up to the people to keep the government in check. It doesn't matter how good of words on paper you get. People with power will always abuse it. And when people beg those people in power to abuse it and they do it for generations like we are experiencing right now in our life, uh, you shouldn't be surprised that you live under the largest government in history, even with uh, the Constitution for the United States, because it really does take people like putting a line in the sand and saying, we're not going to put up with this. Mm. So what else health-wise, Michael Bolden, you do? You, you mentioned the dandelion because you don't like it, but for the birds. So you're investing in them. So um, I do it. I Yeah, I mean, I do smoothies. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I should. I'm trying to actually up my smoothie game because I'm yeah. putting so much stuff. I'm put, adding maca and ginger and turmeric. Nice. And um, I just finished a giant tub of Cardio Miracle, so I got to get more. Uh, I do... Um, uh, I do algae powder. I do moringa. Well, I don't really. I started recently doing moringa and wheatgrass p- 
powder in my smoothies. So mm -hmm. I'm doing that and I'm, I want to get a handheld one, a little uh, blender as well. So I can do some quicker ones Wait, rather than mix? like a, yeah, yeah. And then I add cacao nibs, all that stuff. When I do a big one, I'm also doing a lot of cycling lately. So yeah, that's right. You got that a bike that folds into a little peanut. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty that. cool. And yeah. so Sarah and I have been going out a few times a week. We'll do maybe 10-mile bike rides, something like that. Uh, there's a lot of hills here, so I have quickly found out where I've got a lot of weakness. I, I forgot. But, this is not the one with like a battery, right? You guys have to actually pedal? I pedal, Sarah pedals, and light battery. But yeah, we okay. did a pretty good uphill just the other day, or actually just yesterday, mm -hmm. and it took about five minutes. I'm like, oh, man, my quads are way too weak, but mm -hmm. now I know I got something to work on. But you feel so good afterwards, especially out in the sun and yeah. uh, fresh air and just being out amongst all the green. There's so many trees around here that just being outdoors is amazing. I'm missing that. Dude, how did we get here? I'm having such a good time. I don't even know what time it is, and I think we're over time already. Is that no, possible? Super Don's not telling me anything. Is he distracted by the choo-choo train? Choo-choo train! Choo -choo yeah, it's time It's time to take a break. It is. It is. All right, take a break. We're going to be back with the bonus round and see how long Michael Bolden can hang out. And uh, someone had said, Bolden's bird brains? I said, There's all kinds of good alliterations we could have fun with. Thank you for being here. Uh, thank you all for supporting us. I hope to see you tomorrow, most of you, if you can, with the AMA uh, or on Zoom. I'll, I'm going to do the invitation right after the show today as well so you can get that out through our patron supporters. And uh, oh, God bless y'all. And, and Michael Bolden, too, my brother. The power to heal is yours. What did you just do, Super <laughs> That was awesome. That was, awesome. Was, that was great. Deer in the headlights. <laughs> that was super fun. Oh, God. Oh. We rude. could just do a whole episode like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. I needed that. Thank you. That was At awesome. At your expense. Oh, that was oh, awesome. gosh. Hey, happy birthday, Mom. <laughs> Sunday show. I've got more interviews that have been made available uh, thanks to Super Don on our Patreon uh, page as well, but they're going to be revealed on the Sunday show, most of them. And I don't know if I have a, an opportunity to even, if there's any room for me to say happy birthday, mom, on her birthday on the show, which I'd like to do. But I would like to say if you want to give her a nice birthday gift, uh, go get uh, uh, A Life of Many Colors from Israel to America, her autobiography that she wrote. And uh, you'll learn a lot about the history of the 20th century, what she's been through. Pretty amazing. Uh, so let's see. Stop it, Super D. What was that message from Leslie? We want oh, him to come stop back. picking on me. But if oh. you guys heard what I had to say about my birds abusing me, yes. I'm kind of drawn to the negative the treatment. You oh. like a little battered, when, when, battered, uh, battered wife syndrome going on? Yeah, yeah, when Sarah and I first met, a little Stockholm had, syndrome. Sarah and I first met. We met at some party in Hollywood. She happened to be friends of a neighbor, and I hadn't seen her for like six, eight months. And so I go to my neighbor's party who was living above me in Hollywood. I walk in. I know everybody. I'm going to be the life of the party. You know, I'm a little late fashionably, and I'm expecting, you know, just to be a nice warm welcome. And Sarah, who those of you who know her, she tends to come across as very quiet and very mm -hmm. reserved. Mm -hmm. But I walk into this loud party at my neighbor's, and she stands up and she says, hey, there's that weird guy. <laughs> I just stopped dead in my track because it got so quiet. I, Everybody laughed at me, and I thought, oh, 
I'm love in love. Her. She insulted yeah. me in front of everybody. Now that I've not heard that story before. Well, now you have. Funny. It's bonus round. Are you kidding me? That's awesome. I had no idea that that was the 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 loving moment. She, That's the Genesis story. Wow. Right. So we don't want to love on you she too much. She kicked you in the in the nuts, and it was all over. In the, the boulders. big boulders. boulders That's right? it. Right. That's hilarious. <laughs> Wow, that's a cool story. Funny. And so, what was it? Seems out of character for her, knowing her that I do. What, what was it in that moment that prompted her to do that? Did she ever reveal that for you? I mean, can you see this? She couldn't resist. Wow, that's pretty cool. She's into she weird say, dudes. She right. had to say something. Wow. She couldn't hold back and just let me be there without her attention. That is so cool. Wow, she would punch me right now. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> She probably doesn't watch the show, so she's no, she can hear me somewhere. Is she? Is she? <laughs> she's not at commuting to an office today. No, she hasn't commuted in. That's awesome. A couple of two years, something much, like that. Much so better quality. Sometimes of life. she shares a studio with me. Sometimes she works out on the the patio when it's warm, which is nice because we've just got trees right trees and bushes right outside the window. Sometimes. Well, I she, can't wait to see your place. I still haven't yeah. visited it. You know, well, I've been to the previous two or three at least. I think soon, soon. Yeah, that'll be great. Oh, by the way, I was talking with uh, our, our friend uh, Jamie Dorley from Nutritional Frontiers, the body, mind, soul restoration thing. Think about since you're on the beach all the time, it, it's nothing for you, Michael, but uh, clear water. I am water. not. I need to be, though. Yeah, there's a uh, looks like April 1st and 2nd for sure. Uh, Clearwater, Florida, mind, body, soul restoration. Uh, and I'm looking forward to being there with everybody that can make it and check it out because it'll sell out, too. Some of these events are just so like we all got to be there. Uh, I want to see everybody in Atlanta or Buford around Lake Lanier Islands as well. That beach won't be as pleasant because it's February in Atlanta area. It's kind of cold and rainy sometimes, but still the people, the company that'll be there, it'll be amazing. And uh, the, the other events I mentioned uh, in various places, and I'm going to be in March, later in March in Virginia, doing the uh, like a three-city tour with uh, with Jonathan, which is kind of cool because I'll have my, my portable equipment. Hopefully I can be able to broadcast from everywhere. Um, like the, the, the first time I ever did that was the raw milk freedom ride years oh, ago. Cool. We, uh, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Liz Reitzek, right? Yeah. We, we crossed over from, I believe from Maryland. You were at Virginia. that first one. You were yeah. there. And, and it oh. was like through, was it Dave TV or something? We were actually able to broadcast. Justin, Justin TV. TV. It was the first time I was with my portable radio equipment. I had access to the internet. It was like, uh, never before done and we were in what the car year do you think that was God, was that 2010 or 2011 possibly yeah so that's where i that in and of itself mm -hmm. made me aware of this whole we'll call it the health freedom movement mm -hmm. because you know and i've i was pretty unhealthy at the time but i was making some improvements and i still am today but i'm making some improvements but way better yeah. than i was at that point but that's where I started connecting the dots to the whole 10th Amendment approach, which is, oh, wow. Because, okay, for people who don't know that, the raw milk riders were basically buying raw milk in Pennsylvania, taking mm -hmm. it across state lines, and then drinking it in front of in New Jersey, right? 
We went, well, to, went the to an FDA, FDA building and said, yeah. I drink raw milk, arrest me. You could still find it on like Google searches on looking for images. I drink raw milk, arrest me. Because the FDA not only claims that it's illegal to take milk into interstate commerce. So if you were to purchase something across state lines for the notion of bringing it back to your state, that is an interstate commerce according to the Constitution. But the way the feds look at it, pretty much everything is interstate commerce. And then on top of it, they also claim the power to ban it in intrastate commerce as well. So it's really important if we want to stop the FDA from doing what it would like to do is to have as many people engaged in this type of business and activity as possible. And, well, raw milk is pretty awesome, too. But uh, that's what really kind of triggered – like it was the mm. light bulb that went off when Isn't I saw that. that. I didn't realize you were at that one. Yeah, no, that was uh, amazing because I was broadcasting with my old uh, radio equipment in a van, a minivan, one of the mom's minivans, while we were going down the road reporting. I think it was on Justin.tv or whatever it was that, at that time. And and then, of course, we stopped outside the FDA and I was having to go back into the car uh, or the van while it was running. So I had electricity for the, you know, and it was just like a wild time at, at a time where it was well in advance of what we have today in terms of ability to broadcast remotely via phones and everything. It was just an amazing time. And, and you know, you know, connecting, of course, remember 10, 10, 10 it may yes. have been before that then, uh, because that was the big, uh, 10th amendment center nullifying it was around out that time amendment. though, for sure. It was yeah. definitely in, in that range. You know, and speaking you of raw the, milk, yeah. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight states looking to open up raw milk markets with legislation this year, including New Jersey, which still has not legalized raw milk. Wow. Amazing. And I was but it's just a really important issue to me. Like, and, and I think along with all these other things that we're talking about, once you do a little bit, it kind of grows. Mm -hmm. My puns are intended. Yeah. Well, I think that to your, I don't know, credit or detriment, you invited me to speak at that 10th Amendment Center. First event was the 10-10-10, I believe. That was when I was in Orlando. And I was in Fort Lauderdale at the time. I just headed up the turnpike. And what, what a whole crazy new audience it was. I'd never interacted with them before. And for the most part, it was well-received. But as I said, the controversy was certain aspects of where I was on health and healing and natural medicine. And a lot of the libertarians were very much still in, in, in a, belief, a strong belief system about medicine. Like that was somehow not affected by big government like it was its own thing it was legit i'm like i'm trying to point out to you guys and now of course decade plus later you know i think we've been proven more right than wrong or not wrong at all on some of these positions uh in terms of nullification of big big pharma and big it's interesting medicine. though because some prominent libertarians from like the end of the 20th century harry brown who was a presidential candidate twice Mm -hmm. Mary Ruart, who wrote a great book called Healing Our World, have long taken positions against the FDA, basically saying, you know, the FDA is killing people. And even if you like the mainstream big pharma drugs that they're authorizing, the let's say let's say everything that FDA authorized is a magic pill. But if it takes 20 years to get it to market, how many people would die waiting for it? So... 
uh, and billions of dollars. And then the ones that don't have the money to do that kind of stuff, you can't bring it to market. And then you have things like what we're seeing with Epidiolex. You know, you make a synthetic version of it or an isolate of it, and then all of a sudden you can't have the natural one out there because that's a drug. Mm-hmm. And so FDA holds back a lot of stuff too. And even if you could say that some of the big pharma so-called uh, remedies were actually good, even then I would say the FDA was damaging. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I just like the journey we've been on. Just there's a lot of great memories. It's pretty wild, right? It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And here we are. We're for the most part, we're still here. We've lost some uh, friends along the way. Uh, we know, and we've talked about that as we've gone there. But uh, you know, you, we're old enough to reminisce. Isn't that scary? And you're going to say, "Speak for yourself." I know. I hear you. I hear you. No, I'm going to go with a big yes. Yeah. Just, just a change up. It's it's big bonus wuss. round. Yeah. <clears throat> It's what? bonus round. You never what? know what you're going to get. Oh, my buddy Chris out there in Tampa is saying the best place to eat nearby when we talk about that Clearwater event is Nature's Food Patch. Uh, and I, going back into the 1990s now to date myself, when I was out as an early years homeopath lecturing on the circuit, you know, we, we'd go to Florida and that was one of the best places to go, not only because it had organic food, but they did public events and I've had some of the biggest attendance in a health food store in the history of doing those kind of public lecture events. And I was doing them on homeopathy back then. So I know nature's food patch very well. I remember back in the day, Lucy, the name, I don't know if she's still there, but again, going back to the nineties, I mean, we're talking a long time ago in the early two thousands as well. Uh, I was doing my own version of lecture tours and mostly in the Southeast, but then started expanding out into the Midwest and different areas where, um, there's still impact, uh, that I have evidence of impact that I'd been there all those 20 plus years ago. That's kind of cool. 25 now or more. So, uh, yes, thank you, Chris, for that memory. But yeah, nature's food patch. I'll be hitting it when I come to Clearwater for sure. Man, in the nineties, I was eating fast food. Yeah. For me, it was uh, smoking. I was smoking and eating fast food. Just insane. So for me, it was 1990. That was my, that was my stop point, my transition point from 24 years of age on. Where I oh, just, so you had like a lightning strike moment. Yes, basically. Yeah, that was I the moment when I learned of the reason why I was sick from the homeopathic mm. doctor I would end up studying with for 10 years. So it was enough for me to go, yeah, that was what I've been praying about. And boom, here it is. I'm not going to look that gift horse in the mouth. I'm going to tr- push it for all it's worth and try it. And that's, you know, been that journey uh, that uh, has been so annoying to everybody. <laughs> yeah, but if you're not annoying, you're boring. That's true. Yeah. You got to have a little bit of annoyance. A little spice, a little spice, right? Exactly. Exactly. So how how do you feel about your first, not your first appearance on the show, but as we're trying to brand something new every, every other Friday with you, do you feel like, oh man, what a disaster. I'm never coming back. Or I think we can do this. I think we can, I think we can. What do you mean? I don't know. I think that, uh, you look, if it were up to me and if this was, um, a, a, a totalitarian dictatorship, I'd mandate you being here, but I'm not into mandates. So yeah, just I nullify you. you. Exactly. So I respect your freedom too much to say, I guarantee you, and he's going to be, he has to be, but I, I as long as it sounds good and nothing is broken, mm-hmm. I love it. Dude, it sounded great, honestly, because we, you know, we ran through some tests and we're having some audio difficulties today. It's been perfect. Okay. That's good. Yeah. So no, whatever no it was, clicking, no dropping. No popping, yeah. So nothing. we figured out with the browser then. So for me, yeah. it's, 
I wonder if it's just different for everybody, which browser, which combination for their computers. The right I know thing. that's the funny thing about this. It's not like it's a one size or everybody's having the same issue. It's like yeah. no, no rhyme, no reason to explain why one person that browser doesn't work. And then one it does, it's, I don't know. We keep as long going. as we got it figured out, I'm pretty happy. And mm -hmm. like, I mean, I talked about some bills and stuff like that. If people are interested in that, I know because you've gotten like Health Freedom Ohio on in the last mm -hmm. few years and they talk about legislative efforts. Yeah. And I think, you know, to me, really, it still gets down to people being willing to take a stand. But if you can clear a bunch of state regulations out of the way, like the Wyoming Food Freedom Act, or mm -hmm. if Missouri can pass this Freedom to Farm Act, if you can clear that out of the way, it just opens the door for people to start building. And I mm -hmm. think the best way we can, you know, my experience, you can tell people to watch a zillion videos, listen to a zillion podcasts, read a bunch of books, articles, blogs, all that stuff. And for some people, that will help change their minds. Mm -hmm. But the way that most people tend to really go from, because we're cradle to grave, we're under propaganda that every solution to every problem comes from government, supposedly, even though government causes most of them. I think the way most people have to deal with what we live under is because they think government has to be involved in anything, they have to see proof that the mm -hmm. world doesn't come to an end. And I think the cannabis story really has shown how that plays out. I just want to see it happen on more things. So if we can just make small steps forward, like Dickin or like uh, Jefferson and Dickinson told us, I think there's a lot to build on. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for that. So and people are into learning about these legislative legislative efforts that we like track here. I, I mean, I got months of. That. I think it's an important part of it. You know, when we talk about nullification on an individual basis. There, there has to be, if I would say, unfortunately, engagement in things that are still distasteful. I don't like yeah, dealing with government at all on any level. I mean, who Agreed. does want to go to a DMV, much less anything? Right. So uh, the best part about the Real ID Act, if they ever implement it, which it doesn't seem like they're going to be able to, is mm -hmm. I'll be banned from going to a federal building. I'm sorry, I can't. You right. Know, make can't, you won't let me in. Right. <laughs> yeah. In California, you have the option uh, to get. We still a, do you know, have the option in California. Nevada and a few others. But and uh, California you know, is at a 37 percent compliance rate. Wow. Uh, Kentucky is a 17 percent compliance rate, I believe, wow. is the lowest in the country. They have an mm -hmm. option. So when people are given an option, yeah. they choose in many places to not do it. In California, where you'd expect everyone to comply, mm -hmm. it's still only 37 percent. Nationwide, it's 43. Mm -hmm. Texas is 88 percent. Stunning. Yeah. So Texas yeah. doesn't have an option and they still have 12 percent of people who aren't in compliance. Right. So well, it says I, so much. I want to see more action to to nullify this like I you know nullified the uh, regulations that Congress passed a few years back that modified requirements for U.S. passports, interestingly enough. Because, you know, there was never a requirement that you had to have a social security number to have a passport. Oh, and then, wow. then they passed one federally and said, well, yeah, we want to catch tax scoff laws. We want to catch people aren't paying their child support and alimony, things like that. And so they did that. And then suddenly we couldn't renew our passports. And so it took a number of years to push back based on religious freedom. You know, that fundamental First Amendment and other things, including Religious Freedom Restoration Act, different things that have happened to finally, you know, hold the State Department accountable that the Congress cannot overturn the First Amendment by, you know, a simple act of regulating passports. And we're able to uh, push it and, sh and show that that's the case. And in the same way, I'd like to see 
uh, state level action against a real ID where the states that don't give you an option, because one of the you know requirements of real ID is an SSN. Yeah. And what if you don't have one or use one? Uh, they force you into that. And if you have a religious or a spiritual, whatever belief, you, as you define it uh, against using a number like that, uh, why should you be required to? Did that, you guys cover yeah. that uh, the real ID delay again in December? We did a little bit. I mean, we can certainly do more. Uh, I shout out to Marge, who's in the audience, and she's like, oh, I'll never be able to travel again. I'm like, look, Marge, they've been trying for how many years? 20 years now, almost. Yeah, so they keep, well, since it was a Real ID Act of 2005. It had an mm-hmm. implementation date of 2008. Eight, yeah. Uh, the Bush administration was aggressively trying to enforce it. Governor Brian Schweitzer at the time in Montana, he, was on, he went on NPR and he said, mm-hmm. you know, and they're like, oh, well, I hear they're going to shut down air travel for people in Minnesota. And what do you say to that, Governor? And the Governor said, well, we feel it's best to just tell them to go to hell and mm-hmm. we will govern our state the way we want to govern our state. And that's an attitude that I think we need on pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on Real ID, it's a big one. That's one that I worked on a lot. And then I got a little disillusioned because a number of states started flipping the switch. They opposed it at first. Utah was one of them. Utah, yeah. like the go- same governor, former uh, Governor Herbert, I think his name Yeah, is. yeah. He signed a law that said you, the Real ID Act is inimical to the liberty of the people of Idaho. And then soon as Obama got out of office, he signed another act saying we have to implement this. Or we, you know, I, I think it's at least optional there. Uh, but again, like we see in Kentucky and even California, when it's optional, a majority of people, and in some places, a huge majority of people just won't get it. So that to me is positive. Maybe it's because it's so difficult. I don't know how many people are doing it on ideological grounds, but at this point, we'll take all the wins we can get. And so they kicked it back again. So it's supposed to be implemented in 2008. And almost every year they would tell us we'd see signs. Oh, we're going to you know, starting this year. If you don't get a real idea, a real ID card, you're not going to be able to get on a plane. You won't be able to go to federal buildings. Great. Uh, and then when it comes down to the end of the year or sometime in December, the DHS puts out a press release and says, well, well, we can't do it. And now this year they did it again, kicking it back to 2025. So it'll be 20 yeah. years behind. Right. And a TSA spokesman for the regional T- TSA spokesman in New England specifically said, we're doing this because not enough people are on board. So we know that when people refuse to participate, they know the political ramifications no of trying to enforce it. Yeah. Yeah. Marge says she's waiting for her non-star ID to come in the mail in Michigan. I think Michigan is it maybe they have an option there. Well? I wonder, I wonder if anyone ever can let me know. I have not found out about this, but I've been having yeah. people ask because uh, I did a podcast episode on this and we've just covered real ID for a long time. And Mike Meharry's done a bunch of articles on it. And we started getting people ask, especially in the past few months with the latest delay, which we were not expecting. I really thought it was going to be yeah, like another they finally try to do it. Yeah. Yeah. But they didn't. And I didn't realize the level of noncompliance. And we got all the stats and we found out. But uh, people are starting to ask, oh, man, I did have an option. So I'm starting to wonder, like, if you get it, let's say you got it in uh, in Kentucky where you have an option. Is it possible to report that ID lost? And then get a non-compliant one, or are you stuck in the system once you're in? Right. I don't know. You get out. There's an option in Missouri, Leslie says. So that's cool. Yeah. Hmm. 
Anyway, you have an option with an ID, but you don't know about the driver's license. Chances are for sure in Missouri, you don't have to get one. But my question, I guess, is once you get one, if you got tricked and and got the wrong one because you thought, okay, I travel for work. I better do this. It's 2012 and they're implementing in two months in 2013. And then they didn't. But then you got it. And that's what they did to a lot of people. And they've been doing this. And they're still only at 43% compliance after 18 plus years. But what do people do who got caught in the system? Is there a way out? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Well, they always tell you there isn't one. But then again, what do you expect them to say? If they can get away with it, they will. And then you got to find a way to nullify them because, you know, many of these contracts are unconscionable when they say there's no escape. There's no possible escape. It's like, what, you sign in blood with the devil? Some would argue. I don't know. know. Yeah. Dude, fascinating discussion as always. Riffing and raffing all the way around various topics with Michael Bolden. Next time I'm wearing a tux. No, don't step it up that far. Come on. We used a picture of you in a tux. Did you notice for the headline picture today? It's a one time. Super Don. He picked that one of all things. But look at the glasses. They're bigger than your head. I like that one. The reason why I like that one is I'm a big Dean Martin fan. So am I. A lot of people told me this. And I'm telling you, when I saw that picture, I was like, God, he looks just like Dean Martin. I got that when I was wearing that tux. Mm-hmm. Let me, uh, I'm let me also pull, a big fan, so that here. might be the coolest thing ever. Tell me that that, that does not look or resemble anyway. Yes. Dean, Dean Martin. That's total Dean Martin. I got the hair. The hairstyle really makes it. The glasses on top of that, those were the kind of similar style glasses that he wore as he got older. And the um, schnoz. The schnoz yeah. for sure. Yeah. How's the uh, voice, though? I, I haven't heard you sing much, Mike. <clears throat> When the moon hits, hits your eye. Don't hear I mean, him. we could do a karaoke That's event. Amore. That would be fun. We'll do a karaoke <laughs> event. It, you know, of all the all, of all the fun parties that we had around the, the 10th Amendment Center Nullify Now Tour, was there ever a karaoke one? Because I missed nope. that one. There was. No, so nope. that didn't happen. It was mostly just shooting like, hoops, my friend. Hoops. Just shooting yeah. hoops. That was primarily what it was, yeah. In her face trying to go be. Tom Woods into play. He's like, no, I don't want to play. I'm like, really? Everyone's counting on you, Tom. And I really yeah. was peer pressuring him. But he held, you know, man has boundaries. So I respect I that. I know. He, he could have been a, a spud web. I was obnoxious with him trying yeah, to pressure him to sh- play basketball with he us. He stood his ground. He stood his ground. He said, there's no chance I'm ever playing basketball with you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Part of why uh, I love him. Yeah, no, he's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Y'all get the 100% whole food stuff we get from shoes2behealthy.com. Shout out to Jonathan there, RSB5 discounts, all the things. Please check out the the, the links, including the Cardio Miracle that Michael Bolden just ran out of. Make sure you – I got to – that stuff is so good. Out. Yeah. it's It's been – like I said, I'm back. Three days in, back into it, I'm back uh, with, uh, you know, the, the downtime I've had because of travel trips and working myself silly to the point where it's just stupid. You know what? I, I should know better. But y'all uh, – Get some cardio miracle too, and you can you can do it too, and then ride bicycles with Michael Bolin and keep up even on the uphill runs. Well, that's easy to do. Yeah, keeping up with me is very easy. Super D, what else uh, do we have? Announcements, breaking news before we uh, have the weekend. Are you besides? You're not going to farmers market tomorrow, like Bolin, because we live in. We Colorado. don't have it yet here because it's it's still winter, yeah. Yeah. so it, it doesn't doesn't. So now I can start look at Michael Bolin like you used to look at me. Dang, damn it. At the beach and warm weather and summer's far. Pretty much, weather. yeah. 
Yeah, but you know, more power to you. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind. I, I would be doing the same thing. Yes, of course. All right, AMA tomorrow, Bolden's at the Farmer's Market. If for some reason it rains out, join us, and uh, we'll have a good time. Lots of fun giveaways, too. And then uh, Sunday, brand new show with interviews that only those of you who are patrons have heard already. If you want it, you have access to it. And we'll be integrating that on my mom's birthday, 89. Happy birthday, mom, again. Love you. Appreciate you so much. She's an amazing uh, lover of liberty as well. I got a lot of my love of freedom from my mom. I have to acknowledge that. Independent spirit. Oh, look, Michael Bolden's name is Happy Birthday, Mickey. <laughs> Very cute. All right, Super D, I don't want this show to end. I just want to keep going. This has been I got to go bike. I know. You got to go on a bike ride. Please give a hug to Sarah from us. We love her. Deal. And, you know, don't get bitten too up too much by the parrots, little parakeets or whatever we call them, in-betweeners. But get them some dandelion and keep them happy. All right. Thank you, Michael Bolden. That was mm-hmm. fun, my dudes. Really appreciate I it. loved it. And So uh, two weeks from now, huh? Yeah, let's do it. If you all guys, right, two weeks from now, I'll be better prepared works. for you, and we'll uh, we'll make it. Uh, and we'll shout out to Harry, a fanfare. We we got him involved in the show, even though he wasn't here. His hockey playing self. So thank you, Leslie. Thank you, Marge. Thank you, everybody. I'm, I I can't see everybody in the in the chat room, but thank you for being here live. Uh, please uh, join us tomorrow if you can, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on Zoom. I'll be going to send out the invitation. Super Donald will have it, so it'll be out there for you to access it, and we'll see you tomorrow. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Have a great weekend. weekend. We've got a bunch of new content uh, from the, what was it? Reawaken America Tour. Reawaken America Tour, that's right. That'll be playing on Sunday and back live again in the studio on Monday. We'll see you later.